Bring it in. Read option continues. Hall of Fame game happened. The NFL Hall of Famers have been inducted. You know, European football started, but no one gives a shit about that except for you two jamokes and uh, football season's right around the corner. I think we're, what, down to like 15 days until college football starts, something like that. So uh, it's going to be here before you know it. Whole crew's back. We're continuing our NFL preview, NFC and AFC Easts, and we'll get into all that coming up here. Boys, how are we? We're all back home. I'm back home. Looking a little blonder than I have in the past, uh, mm-hmm. but it's nice to see both your faces again. Yeah, man, uh, things are good. Still out in Cleveland. This is uh, wild. This is um, I've been here for now almost seven days, which is yeah, seven days. This is the longest I've been anywhere in three months. So I'm just ecstatic to not be hopping on flights as much. A full yeah. week. Yeah, crazy for me. Like that seriously is the longest in in months. So I'm I'm really happy. Um, Dude, it's good to get in a rhythm. I forgot about like going to the grocery store on a weekend and like setting up your week. Like that just hasn't <laughs> happened to me. Like it's so cool. Um, and by setting up my week, I'm sitting here drinking a draft beer that I got from my keg grader because that's, in my opinion, what setting up your week's like. So of course. football's back. It's European style for now, but we're going to get to the NFL style here soon. So uh, as Jeff said, Premier League started. It's a warm up for actual football is the way I, it's, I see it. But, and it's just because it's they're both called football. That's it. Yeah, that's the only that's difference. It. That's the only similarity, rather. Yeah, uh, but no, it's been good. Scotty, how, how was your weekend, man? Uh, it was good. Well, birthday in the family. My father-in-law had his birthday over the weekend, uh, and I spent far too many hours in the heat uh, over the weekend outside working. So um, looking forward to um, the brisk winds of fall uh, that come with football that we all love uh, so very much. But also, uh, I don't want summer to end, man. Like, this yeah. is the weird time of year where I'm like, summer's been great. I loved it. I don't want it to end, but also football. Please hurry up, but also don't hurry up because I don't want summer to end. Well, I mean, I, I, I got a bit of a rude awakening. I was at the beach all last week, which was, you know, lovely. Um, but at the beach, especially where my parents are right on the water there, it's like 10 degrees cooler than it is in D.C. So I got out of the car after driving back and got smashed in the face with uh, like it's been t- awful 95 degree heat <laughs> and, and, and humid it was awful it was just absolutely I'll, awful awful that's terrible and i'll tell you what here in cleveland because cleveland gets knocked a lot let me tell you what's beautiful here july in august it's mm. 75 to 80 you get the lake effect it's beautiful it has been so nice here. Um, so yeah, as December warming, and January affects. Yeah, well, as global warming negatively affects most of the country, this is the place you want to look for in the future. So that is true. It's it's the reward. Same thing with Chicago. It's the reward for dealing with all the terrible winters. You get an absolutely perfect summer, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. But we are talking about the East Coast today. Yes, we're talking about my favorite team. As both of you got to talk about your teams, and then Penn State on top of it. Uh, we are I'm ready and I'm excited. And we were talking before the show, you know, we were going to start with the NFC East. And it's like, are the Eagles the most interesting team? Because I want to I always try to stay as unbiased as I can and, and, and give you guys the content that you deserve. Um, but 
I honestly felt conflicted because I thought the Eagles were the most interesting team. And as Scotty pointed out, at some point, you just got to say, fuck it. And uh, just go ahead and say, you know what? We are, I, I get the executive producer card on this pod. And we're going to start with the Philadelphia Eagles. And boys. And, and you've been so kind and generous in allowing us to, uh, to get through the Niners and the, and the, the Broncos and Penn State football. So well, objectively, this one's for you, El Jefe. There we go. Well, And then both of those guys, you know, they play. Uh, both those teams rather play in very interesting divisions. It worked out well. We wanted to start with the Big Ten. So it's time. And we'll do the SEC on Friday's pod as well. So big week here on the pod. And let's get into it because it's starting to happen, guys. I'm 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 Uh-oh. getting I'm getting too, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting too positive. All right. Uh-oh. Uh, I've I hit the phase from like around the draft, the A.J. Brown trade, the Jordan Davis pick, and all the stuff, and the free agency was good, and they picked up Hassan Reddick, and they did some nice things. And then it just – everything got so good that by, like, June, I'm like, the Eagles are – I was talking to my roommate who's an Eagles fan. We are like, dude, Eagles, sneaky Super Bowl team, if Jalen Hurts <laughs> steps up, right? Like, that was the level. And now I'm at the stage after that, which is like, all right, well, nice things don't happen to us. You know, Jason Kelsey even said hmm. this at the beginning of camp. He's like – it seems like whenever we have high expectations for the Eagles, they come up short. Whenever we have low expectations, they overperform. So I'm trying to temper my expectations. But right off the bat, when you look at the roster, there's, there's no holes at all. The only question mark on this team is quarterback. And what's nice about this is there's positive negatives, right? Because if Jalen Hurts works out, Jalen Hurts has a great year, breakout year. He develops as a passer. He's tacking over the middle more. He's able to stretch the field a little bit more. They can get A.J. Brown. If all that happens and he's still a danger in the running game, this is a really good team. And I think they're the best team in the division. And I think they have a chance to be a top three seed in the NFC if that happens. If it doesn't happen and it's the same Jalen and we're looking at like a nine to 10 win season, which would be a good situation. They still have two first round picks next year and they still have the opportunity to trade up. They could put both their two first round picks next year and a future first and get up to the number one or number two or the top three and go get one of those top quarterbacks coming out of next year's draft. So the Eagles are situated in a really good spot. However, we all know acutely that is not how Philadelphia fans and that's not how the, the, team there is structured it's not what they believe in and they have a really good window where they have veterans right they have a Fletcher Cox still with one more year they have Jason Kelsey with hopefully you know maybe two more years but this will probably be his last season right so they have this nice blend and dare I say it it reminds me of 2017 oh don't do that to yourself Jeff don't do that to yourself Vito's, man. Vito's but- mic we're, we were having issues with Vito's mic um, but if you could see the reaction that Vito had just freaking out, I'm, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but think about the parallels between the 2017 team and this year's team, right? It's a second year starting quarterback. It's a second year head coach. It's a mixture of, of veterans and really good rookies. They made a big trade to go out and get Alshon Jeffrey. They made the big trade to go out, uh, to go out and get AJ Brown. All of the pieces seemingly are very similar. It's just a matter of yeah. will this actually culminate? And I don't think it will. I, I'm not predicting Super Bowl, but I also don't think that saying they win 12 to 14 games, especially with this, with their schedule, is that out of line. So I feel like that's a pretty measured approach here. Just kick this off. I'll kick it to both of you guys. 
ceiling floor realistic unrealistic where are the eagles yeah we got you vita um thanks where where is where are the eagles at right now in your in your estimation so in my mind and and, um sorry about the mic issue we're, we're they're on the climb right this team is coming up so to support what what jeff said and doing some research here PFF has their the hard, the hardest thing I think for all of us to judge as fans is like where is the offensive line going to be in the defensive line. PFF has this Eagles team, this offensive line projecting to 2022 as the number one offensive line unit, and they're in that top tier with a couple other teams. And and that's just listen. If you have that, you have everything going for you. Then in the right direction because they have great running game. Clearly, AJ Brown's can help on the receiving side. You have great tight ends. Um, you know, hopefully, see my boy Grant. We're obviously going to have on the offensive side, the focus is all on Jalen because he, all the pieces are there. Now they have to perform up to their standard, but they have the skills on the defensive side. You look at it and you're like, man, really want to stuff the run. And guess what? You go ahead and you get two guys, Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, who are literally there to do just that. I mean, Nicobe Dean can fly. Don't get me wrong, but he plugs a hole fast, man. That guy's yeah. reaction time is incredible. And I just saw Jordan Davis about him in camp today just doing all, like one-on-ones with the offensive line. And it's like, guys, again, this is a number one rated offensive line by PFF and he is single-handedly dominating all of them. And he even did a two-on-one where he like held his own ground and moved them back a little bit. And everyone was like, this is the most raw talented defensive lineman we've seen. Like, well, and he's popped. This the crazy is going thing, to be- Vito, he's more polished than we thought. He has, he's not just bull rush and nothing else, right? He has a, a, a multiple levels to his game already, which is terrifying considering how dominant he could potentially be. Absolutely. And he, I think this he's is, smart. Yeah. He's, he's hey. insanely smart. Like that's, that's, I think what goes unnoticed is how easily he can not only pick up on the playbook, but if you're teaching him new techniques, he's not just a three technique guy. He can play and have those moves, like you said, Jeff, uh, and, and learn them quickly and, and adapt. Like, he's he's that cerebral. My only concern on that whole defensive side is how do you rotate him in and out? He's a big dude. You, 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 the teams are going to try and gas this defense, I think, which yeah. is funny because that's exactly what N'Kobe Dean wants you to do. He'll, he'll eat that up. Yeah. So, Jeff, on your side, on the defensive side, what do you think is the strength or what, what are the question marks still left on this defense? I think they have the number one cornerback duo in the NFL. I think people it's up there and the numbers support that. I think people have forgotten how good James Bradbury is. And he was the number one corner for the giants the last two years. Um, And the fact that he's going to be the number two against, I mean, he's been locking up Devontae Smith in camp. Now Devontae has been out for a couple of weeks with or last week or so with a groin injury, but even before that, and Devontae is a dude who gets by everybody. And when they played the giants twice last year, it was the same thing. Like, Bradbury is such a perfect compliment to Darius Slay. And Darius Slay was saying this is the first training camp he's had with a big physical wide receiver lined up against him and A.J. Brown since he went up against Megatron as like a rookie and early on in his career. So this is a perfect combination of cornerbacks. Uh, the safety spot is, is the biggest question. If Mike Epps comes out and has what they think, again, and he's the only safety that has been full-time on the first team all of camp. So if Gannon uses him the way that he can be used, uh, I think Epps is going to be good. And then they have a couple other guys there, whether it's Jaquiski Tart. Um, you know, You're they're welcome. Ro- they're rotating in a few other guys. They brought back Anthony Harris, too, who started for them last year. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. What 
the biggest thing for me, because we know the defensive line is going to be great, right? They're going to be able to run this little hybrid between a 3-4 and a 4-3. They go out and get Hassan Reddick. They have so much depth. I mean, people forget Javon Hargraves finished third in the NFL in QB pressures last year as an interior defensive lineman. And he's an afterthought, right? He's an afterthought on this defensive line. So the D line is going to be great. Derek Barnett is like the seventh best defensive lineman that they have, which is great because if he's a rotational guy, he's that's a good role for him. The thing that everyone was most concerned about was the linebacking crew because yeah, Nicobe Dean's great, but he's a rookie. TJ Edwards and Kazir White have been the two highest and, and best performers in camp this so far out of the whole team, offense, defense, out of everybody. The one common thread now two weeks into camp is holy crap, Kazir White and TJ Edwards are phenomenal. And, and I, then, I love TJ Edwards, man. He's, he's such a Philly amazing. guy. He like worked his way up through the entire system on special teams, all this shit. Mm-hmm. And now he's he's one of the best guys on both uh, run defense and pass defense. Uh, it's just a versatile linebacker. I love the guy. I was I mean, listening to great. Ruben Frank and, and Dave Zangaro, who are the two guys who work for NBC Philly, and they've been covering the team. You know, Ruben Frank's been covering the Eagles since the 70s. You know, they both said flat out who had no one player had the best camp so far, and it's been TJ Edwards. And the fact that we're talking about three guys, Davion Taylor's still there, and he's had an amazing camp. So the biggest question mark on the defense seems to be the biggest strength so far, at least in camp. Now, again, this is camp and we'll see how it goes, but knowing that they're at least going to be solid at that position and that they have depth yeah. there, I mean, the Eagles haven't had a good linebacker since Jeremiah Trotter. I mean, like we're talking yeah. about like a pro bowl style linebacker, right? Yeah. You know, you had Nigel Bradham and, and, you know, Jordan Hicks and some of these guys over the years, Michael Kendricks, who've been good, but they look like yeah. they could be a formidable crew. The only and, question mark on the whole team is Jalen. Yeah, safety agenda sounds like. And and I think the other thing is, and and you can tell me more if you know. I mean, I know they got Hassan Riddick, right, back from mm-hmm. Carolina and everything, and, and uh back in the offseason. So technically he's an outside backer, obviously he rushes. Like what where do you see him fitting in, in the defense? Is he gonna line up off the ball? Is he like because you guys still run a lot of three four and and mix it up, right? I mean, so they wanted to run three four last year. That's what Gannon they, wanted to run, right? And yeah. you guys knew my frustrations with him because they kept asking Fletch to play out of position to try to fit this scheme. It wasn't working. And then they started mixing in a little four, three, and they started giving some different Team looks. Up. Yeah. In this year, they have all the pieces they need to not have to do that where Fletch isn't going to have to play out of position. You're going to be able to Jordan Davis is going to fit perfectly in that, in, you know, that inside spot on a three, four and primarily. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Hassan Reddick is probably going to be a pass rush first guy. And he's going to have to play some linebacker. He's going to have to be able to drop into coverage. He's going to have to do that. I would say it's probably about a 65 or 70%, you know, okay. you know split there where I think primarily he's just going to, they're going to use him as a pass rusher. Um, but that's just another talent to throw into that linebacking crew. Uh, to your point, absolutely. if someone goes down, you're adding depth where like, that's an athlete that can drop. You're going to see a lot of ostensibly four two out of them. Where you're okay. going to put – because the other thing is, and we didn't talk about this talking about the cornerbacks, you also have Avante Maddox, who's the number one rated nickel corner in the, in the NFL. And he's been phenomenal in camp. So you're not going to have to worry too – because he can drop down and cover tight ends. He can do a little bit of anything, and he's really, really good at it. So they're going to run a lot of that like 4-2, but the, four, the fourth D lineman will essentially be Hassan Reddick, and Reddick will be able to drop back into coverage if they need it but he's also going to give them a, a fourth pass rusher. 
And those three linebackers we were talking about in uh, TJ Edwards, Kazir White, and uh, Nicobe Dean are all going to be battling and probably splitting some time at the interior spot at linebacker. Mm -hmm. But what those guys have done and the job already, and this is the thing that's so interesting too when you talk about camp, right, is camp battles, right? If the defense ends up being amazing, you'll look back, you know, at the end of the season, you'll look back at training camp and, and be like, oh, no wonder the offense stunk so much, right? Because the defense was amazing, but the offense could still be pretty good. If you're trading back and forth, you know, like, all right, offense won this day, defense won this day. I think that's the best case scenario because I feel like it means you have a more well-rounded team, but it also could just mean that both sides of your ball suck. So it's so tough to tell early on. And I, look, the, again, we can talk about it for a while. And, and I do want to take a minute just to talk about Jalen in particular, right? Because mm -hmm. he is the crux of all of this. I, I like Sirianni. I'm, I'm in on Sirianni. Um, I'm in somewhat on Jonathan Gannon right now, based off of what we've seen. With Jalen, it's very, very simple right? Timing, getting the ball out quick, uh, throwing to the areas of the field that he didn't like to throw to last year, which were deep balls and anything over the middle. He was great on the outside. He was great when, you know, he had to throw these outside routes when he had Dallas Goddard on deep out routes. Um, you know, those were, were bread and butter for Jalen, but he also used his legs. I want to see how much this offense goes from what we saw at the end of last year to what it could potentially be if Jalen takes the next step. And we're going to learn that quick. We're going to learn that probably through the first three or four weeks of the season. Yeah. If Jalen's running the ball as much as he was last year, they are not probably going to stick with Jalen long-term. I, I don't think, because it means that he didn't develop in the ways that we need. Now it's a full season. And as it goes on, right. but if they're running that Oklahoma triple option offense, basically, <laughs> which isn't the old school triple option, but the new wave, the Lincoln Riley offense, you know, a month into the season, then you're not getting as much as you should out of AJ Brown. You're not getting as much as you should out of Devante. I mean, Quez Watkins as your third option is, is a phenomenal, you know, pickup to have. And what's so great too. And I'm hearing so much. And we talked about this the night of the draft when the Eagles traded for AJ Brown was how they're going to be able to use him in so many different ways. And, and right now he's primarily lined out outside, but he's getting a ton of reps out of the slot. I think his best usage though, too, the is the fact that he's going to be taking all of the the top corner guys that Devontae got last year. Now you can put Devontae in the Z and, and make him go run routes against uh, guys who cannot cover his route running ability. Yeah, because most teams mention, you play are not going to have James Bradbury as the second corner like the Eagles defense right. has had all camp. Well, and even even it, it, it really helps out, I think, on the tight end spot, too, because that was the focus a lot for Philly, right? I mean, just in the offense of where Jalen was going, like you saw what happened with Goddard. I mean, he was getting so many targets and, and he, coverage was tight. And sometimes it wasn't linebackers. It was a safety. It was an, a slot corner and a safety or something like that. And uh, I'm really excited for what this opens up across the middle. And to your point, Jalen just has to go there. Now, hopefully it helps alleviate some of the space in the middle so he can. But, you know, either way, I mean, I'm just excited to see and to your other point, the other spot in the field you mentioned, I'm just excited to see once in a while a deep ball just going off down the sideline to A.J. Brown. And the only other thing um, in a, the veteran aspect of this team and something I haven't asked and, and I don't know about, how's Brandon Graham doing? Because he got injured last year, right, out for the season. He's still on the team. Yeah. Is he back yet? Is he? He's back. He's back, okay. been a full participant throughout all of camp. And not only that, he's looked good. 
Damn. Um, I was because that's like, even without him, they look good. And so if you add that into the mix, again, on that, He's going to be a he's going to be a rotation guy. He's not going to be one of the starters. It's the first time basically since he was a rookie that he's not going to be a full time starter. But remember what made that Eagles team in 2017 so good was that rotation. You know, having Chris Long come in and play 30 snaps was massive. And Brandon Graham in the one on ones has been dominating. Well, and that's what you want. To your point, you want to have a sub because that's how Brandon Graham in the Super Bowl could strip sack Tom Brady in a two minute drive, which had never really happened before to Tom. So like hundred percent, it, it, it all adds up. I think, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be really good. And I think even, even if Jalen doesn't end up being the guy long-term, let's say he has a, a marginally better season, you know, throwing the ball, which he should just based off of talent alone around him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I still don't know if they'll commit to him long-term at the end of the year based off of, just my prediction. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, we've talked about Jalen a lot on this pod, and, and you guys know how but, I feel. I just – You, go, go you don't have to ask him to be elite, though, right? Uh, so his, his PFF uh, rating his first year was 57. He moved up to a 69 uh, last year. Nice. nice. Um, but, you know, the thing is, as, as bad as that sounds – you don't have to ask Jalen to be elite with the a top O line with two incredible wide receivers uh, leading that core in in AJ Brown and Devontae Smith with uh, a great pass catching tight end and an incredible run blocker in uh, in Dallas Goddard and among others in that core, including the uh, the uh, phenomenal six round draft pick they made in uh, Greg Calcaterra. Um, and then opening things up with the running game, you know, Miles Sanders is going to have, and he needs to have an increased role this year. Well, I just uh, saw leading that, uh, leading that core. Running I just backs. saw this, that in, uh, in his first couple of years so far, he's averaging 4.4 yards a carry, which is one of the highest all time in terms Miles, of. Yeah. I'm yeah, pretty sure it's actually higher. I'm pretty sure it's, I think it's 5.4. Like he, like he's based off of the minimum snaps. Like he is, you're right. He has like one of the top all time records. Mm-hmm. The problem with, with miles and a little interesting subplot to the Eagles camp. He was taking second team reps on day one at camp, which became a story in Philly. And he addressed it and said, you know, yeah, obviously I wasn't happy about it. Sirianni said it was like he didn't even realize, which I find hard to believe. But either way, what that does get me excited for is Kenny Gainwell, I think, is one of the sneaky like like if Kane, if Kenny Gainwell can be the Tony Pollard of this offense and we'll get to the Cowboys here in a little bit. But just that change of pace, and he was a just similar to Antonio Gibson in Washington, right? They both played together at Memphis. Both were wide receivers, transitioned to running backs. Kenny Gainwell yep. is going to be a really, really nice piece here in, and in this offense. And a huge, uh, a huge piece of any good fantasy team this year. You can mark that down right now. Well, and I think he's he's either going to be a great handcuff or he's going to be a surprise star in fantasy. I, I really do believe that. Um, but Miles came in in – you know, the classic cliche, the best shape of his life um, <laughs> has put on significant weight in, in his legs. He's what does got that like, mean <laughs> when you're a running back? He had, he had thunder thighs to begin with. Like he had tanks. Like what, what do you mean best shape? But he was, he was great. You, because <laughs> it's the biggest problem with Miles has been the injury stuff. And last year it was mm-hmm. the broken hand, which isn't necessarily his fault. But for a lot of these what, guys. You want to get better hands? What do you no, want? No, again, that's Drink not more his milk, fault. more milk, strong but bones. For a lot of these guys. It's the soft tissue injuries. It's rehab until I can play again. And then that's all that they think about it when it comes to trying to stay healthy. So much of staying healthy in the NFL comes in what you do in the off season. 
and how you treat your body. I mean, think about the TB12 thing. That's obviously the most yeah. exaggerated model of it, but treating your body right to withstand injury is a massive, massive part of it. And I think Miles Sanders, he knows he's on a contract year. He knows this might be his last year in Philadelphia even. And he also knows that playing in that offense, he's going to have opportunities to break off some big runs. He didn't have a touchdown last year. Like, that's that's not a good sign from someone who's as talented as Miles Sanders. He's a very odd enigma. But they have depth at the running back position as well. And they have three guys, even though I don't love Boston Scott, if he's your third guy, that's not a bad third guy to have. No, and I really, really like Jalen. Well, and that's the thing. Jalen's <laughs> going to be in there too. If they can continue the threat and I don't know how they're going to do this. Cause I do believe the offense is going to look different this, this year. They're going to have to keep in some of that stuff with Jalen running the football. Cause that's what got them into the playoffs last year. Well, and to your point, that's so effective near the goal line, which is why that's miles didn't have touchdowns. Yeah. So effective. Um, but they're also going to have to let him drop back and, and throw it around. Now, what's interesting, Vito, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm ready for big touchdown passes to A.J. Brown. But part of the reason why I think A.J. Brown is so perfect and why it works is because it's not just you're getting an amazing player, but he's going to help you figure out whether or not Jalen has progressed. Because J- Jalen's biggest problem last year, amongst all the things, not just where he's throwing it, like we talked about the deep balls and the stuff over the middle, it's the timing. It's the one, two, three, ball out, go. One, two, three, four, five, ball out, right? That's where Jalen really struggled. And what's great about a guy like uh, A.J. Brown is I think in his career, he's averaging 17 yards at, you know, after the catch, you know, or it's the, it's the Deshaun Jackson's age or yards per catch. Um, so that is a really important thing for Jalen, right? Getting these quick slants out to A.J. Brown, maybe even these little bubble screens, getting him the ball quickly, so that way he can go out and make plays. And, and I, I think that's how he gets to, uh, and to finish my point about my, uh, about Jalen with all of that in mind, like all he has to do is raise his PFF score to like 75 maybe. And, yeah. and that's a great year. And that's how he gets there is, is those plays to, to AJ Brown and Devante. Now I mean, last, with, go ahead, Vita. I was just going to say with a football team this talented, again, you got to put it together. You never know what's going to happen once the game start, when the whistle blows and you get in the field. But if this team can at least limit turnovers and just play sound on both sides of the ball, you're going to be in 75% of your games, if not more. Yeah. Without a doubt. And they have so an if incredibly he, favorable schedule too. Well, and that's what I'm like, that's a perfect lead into to where we probably want to go here. And, and you know, what, what do you think their season is going to look like? I don't know if you had any other points, Jeff, you want to hit on. Well, the we last thing I was going to say, because it's going to yeah. tie into the next team that we talk about, and this is ultimately a thing, is it's Kirk Cousins, or sorry, Kirk Cousins, Jesus. <laughs> Dak Prescott has proven himself to be an above average but solid quarterback. And if you switched quarterbacks with the Dallas Cowboys and Jalen Hurts was in Dallas and Dak's on the Eagles, we're talking about the Eagles as a Super Bowl potential team. Like we're, we're talking about, about them yeah, as one of the yeah. favorites in the NFC right now. Um, 100%. So I guess in my eyes, the question is, is can Jalen get to that level? And that's, that's really what's going to be at stake, especially considering the Eagles do have those two first round picks next year. It's a window. It's a window for Jalen to prove himself. And I believe in Jalen and I love Jalen. And I think he's going to do that. Uh, because if he does, this team's going to win a lot of football games. So they're going to be good. So, and I think to your point, the Eagles organization and fans would love nothing more than Jalen to prove himself and use both of those picks on talent 
Yeah. To just flood this team with even take more. this team with even more talent. hundred percent with you there. Rito. So why Eagles fly? What is the over under here for win total Scotty? The over I've got the over under from our friends at FanDuel at nine and a half wins for the Eagles. You can get that at minus 130 on the over plus 110 on the under. All right. So favor towards 10. I, I'm taking the over. I think this is a team that's going to run the ball well and, and talk about that division. They always seem to split it up though, even with the giants and shit. But like, I, I do think that they're going to hit this over. I mean, they won nine games last year yeah. with a roster that is significantly and, yeah. less good than what they are right now. <clears throat> that, that, that to me is crazy. I think 11 wins is the realistic number but i think the potential for them is is closer to 13 or 14 i, I really I'm i mean you. i know that sounds crazy i love it we all said all of our teams have a 13 to 14 win potential so i love this i said, I love I this said so 17 much. and out so <laughs> all right maybe 14 side probably closer to 12 or 13 either way <laughs> i do think the eagles have get at least 11 wins this year and, and i think they they take the over so yeah i'm with you i'm way over uh, like like well, you said, Jeff, they're, they're a better team than they were last year, and they went nine and eight and went to the playoffs. With an, with an, up front, like we with an easier about. schedule too. If they went, yeah. they won nine games with an easier schedule and a less good roster last year. All they did is, is, you know, get more talented on the outside, especially on the lines on both sides of the ball. Just getting healthy, getting some some uh, depth on the O line uh, with Jurgen coming in, and then on defense with, with um, Jordan Davis. And I, I just think this team without a doubt, is going to win games up front. You're going to come up with a team. It's going to happen. They're going to be in analysis mode. We're going to be watching, and they're going to say, oh, this other team is such more talented, and they match up better. And then all of a sudden, they won't be able to run the ball. And guess what? Your whole game plan goes out the window. That's what the Eagles are going to do to teams. Yeah. And again, just so – I mean, they play the AFC South as their rival. As That's who the NFC East is matched up with. They go uh, Lions, Vikings, Commanders, Jags, Cardinals – Cowboys, Steelers, Texans, Commanders again, Colts, Packers, Titans, Giants, Bears, Cowboys. I mean, Saints again at the end of the season. And, but like, and there's only two teams game that. that they scheduled. The extra game they have this year is the Jets. So like, <laughs> I no, they're not. Uh, that's preseason. Oh, it's uh, preseason. I read that wrong. The extra, the extra is <laughs> Steelers, the Steelers. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. But even still, we have no idea what the still Steelers bad. are going to be. We don't know what the Cardinals are going to be because D-Hop's still going to be out at that point. The Packers, I'd probably chalk up as a loss. The Colts could be a loss. Um, the Titans, you never know. Uh, and then Cowboys, Saints, you never know. But those are the only ones that you really – the only one that I would say right now I would guarantee a loss is the Packers. And even I think still, they're the only – I don't think it's I that think crazy if the Eagles beat the Packers. I think they're the only team uh, in the division that is 500 or, or above 500 against the division. I think so too. I, I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles are going to be good. I'm excited. I'm excited, which is dangerous. All right, let's talk good about uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Scotty, you had said this before we were recording and I've said the exact same thing. I think I might have even said it on this pod. Um, the Cowboys in, and I've asked people this too, like, in what way do the Dallas Cowboys get better this season, this off season? Because they the didn't. answer is zero. There's, there's no yeah. way. The only thing I can think of is players got healthy. Well, but and that, Trayvon it, Diggs has another year of experience, and you have Micah Parsons. Like that's yeah. it. I mean, Micah Parsons is going to delete be his account. Why? Tr- apparently, I didn't have to. I shouldn't say have to. 
after that video came out of him just getting burned in camp a bunch of times. I was going to say, Twitter. Yeah. yeah, he got he got burnt by a practice squad like white slot receiver on a deep ball, and it was bad. You yeah, know, like hey, that'll he, happen. But and, and the other thing too is, I would even make the argument that Trevon Diggs is probably going to regress. How many interceptions did he have last oh, year? Yeah, ten. But so like Xavier Howard had ten his first year, and then That's, regressed to five last year. Like. Come on. And I still think Trayvon's uh, good. Five like, is still a great year from him. Interceptions are are a more skill, like take more skill than like fumble luck. But it's yes. also one of those things that typically when you hit one max, you end up regressing. Like you're in the right position at the right time. The ball gets, he had multiple tipped interceptions last year too, where he was right yep. place at the right time. I, I think it's unrealistic to think that you're going to get that same level of production out of them. Um, I don't know if anyone in history has gone back-to-back double-digit interception seasons. I, I, I don't believe it. that's the case. And if anything, I think teams are less likely to throw towards them. Um, they also uh, – the one thing I will say to your point there, Scotty, though, Micah Parsons is going to get better because Micah Parsons is an absolute freak of nature, and, and I love watching that dude play football. I just wish he wore a different he, uniform when he did. Same. I, same. I, he's going to be the first guy, I think, when we – in two or three years – He's going to set a defensive record for money. Something. Guaranteed. <laughs> oh, for given. money? Oh, yeah. that's a good call. When he comes up, I, I think he's the next guy on the defensive side of the ball that they're just going to be like, take the fucking well, farm. Well, I would hope so, but because here's here's one of the reasons, uh, the biggest reason I think the Cowboys were one of the few, like you say, you look at uh, the NFL in the offseason, there's always like 25, 26 teams that get markedly better and six or seven that aren't and the cowboys are leading the pack there one of the reasons is because they want to make zeke the feature zeke had 58.9 average rushing yards per game in 2021 that's a career low and jerry jones came out and said that he wants to be to make zeke the guy in the backfield Mm -hmm. Uh, when we've all seen that tony pollard has been uh far more productive than he has in two in two seasons uh over the last two years and then the contract that Zeke has is unreal. And spending that money on Zeke is what allowed them to not expand Tony Pollard's role. It's hurting him that way. It's it's allowed them to not be able to re-sign Amari Cooper. Uh, and on top of that, they couldn't re-sign Connor Williams, Leo Collins, or Randy Gregory. Uh, and all and that of that is... I was going to say, yeah, on the defense side, like Gregory came to the Broncos. And let me tell you what, that just Dallas wasn't great at getting to the quarterback anyway. And Gregory is one of their... I mean, he had six sacks, but the pressure he, he created... And, and actual uh, blocking schemes. He, he got yep. a lot of the feature, and, and I totally agree with you that now they're going to ask Micah Parsons to do way more. And Demarcus Lawrence, who's aging, to do more. And, like, well, yeah, yeah, they're going to move Micah all over the place. He's, he's going to make the defensive ends look great when he's playing out wide. He's going to make the linebackers look great when he's playing in pass coverage. But, and like, Demarcus on top of Lawrence that, had a no... bad Demarcus Lawrence had a bad la- year last year. Yeah. I don't expect him to have another bad year. Yeah, no, I still um, think like, he's I, good. I think he's going to bounce back and have a really good year. Um. They bring in Dante Fowler. It's a nice piece hey. of the linebacker position, but what's been the biggest problem with the Cowboys defense, but it seems like for a decade now, they have too many Same. of these linebackers, man. They have too many of them. And Leighton Vanderesh, they brought back. He looked great when he was a rookie. He has not been able yep. to stay healthy or really produce when he has been on the field. He's an absolute liability in pass coverage. You know, uh, they bring in Malik Hooker. Okay. De- decent role guy. Uh, J. Uh, J- Ron Curse, who's a starting safety um they don't have a lot and we haven't even talked about what they lost on offense right like well, i think that's Demari, the key Demari trade, Demari Cooper made, trade made no sense when it happened and I, I like michael gallup i think we all like michael gallup 
But mm-hmm. Michael Gallup's not, not going to play until, I mean, <laughs> they already ruled him out for week one. If he plays probably what, like week four, week five at the earliest? I was say six. Yeah. Like put him on the pup list at this point and get him what, back. And the fact that they didn't is a good sign for the Cowboys. But it also, it's like, all right, so he's going to be coming back from eight, nine months from when he tore his ACL. And he's going to get thrown in there and expect to take on a bigger role than he's ever as, been asked to take on. Yeah, as the second guy, not the fourth guy. <laughs> yeah. And they also lost Cedric Wilson, who was a better third option for them than uh, Michael Gallup was last year. I mean, Cedric Wilson had some bad drops in big games, but he's a really solid player. Mm-hmm. And they let him walk and go to the Dolphins. They also lost Blake Jarwin, who I get it. Dalton Schultz is the main tight end there, but it at least gave them depth. They lost two of their top five, uh, two of their five starting offensive linemen. We went over Randy Gregory, who I think Randy Gregory outperformed and, and Vito cover your ears, but I didn't love the contract for him. I thought it was a lot of money for someone who really only had one really good year, but the talent's always been there with him. He's just a head case. Um, I, I so, don't know how, I mean, they also, sorry, they, they, well, not said they brought in James Washington, who immediately got hurt in camp is going to miss the first 10 weeks of the season. So that, how is that offense better? I mean, Dak had as much talent around him. It's not. Yeah. The biggest problem with the Cowboys has been the same thing since 1995, which the only way the Cowboys get better in the (laughs) off season is if Jerry Jones doesn't become the owner heading into the next season. And guess what? That's not going to happen because he has to justify spending 75 million guaranteed on Ezekiel Elliott. And so, yeah, he's going to, push down and breathe down Mike McCarthy's neck, who we, none of us believe in Mike McCarthy either. I don't even think the Cowboys <laughs> believe in Mike McCarthy. Uh, especially not after the uh, first round of the playoffs. Uh, no, I, 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 what I was going to point out though, is, is like, when you look at the numbers from last year, Dallas gave up the most points. Defensively, they were the worst. And they still had all these interceptions that, you know, Diggs had and all this other stuff. So they're a very, that, that's what happens though. He would not play the right defense, go for picks, Half the time it works out, sometimes incomplete, a lot of times a touchdown. So, or a big play. I, I think that this team wants to score a lot and they don't really care as much on the defensive side, or I shouldn't say care, but that's not the focus clearly of Jerry and some other people. On the offensive side, though, you just didn't get it done this year to stay competitive enough to give up 31 points a game. And to me, that's why they're going to regress. That's what made this whole debate interesting between the Eagles and, and Cowboys right up front that we discussed is like, who are we going to hit on first? Man, I don't even know if Dallas is going to finish second in the division. I think they mm. will. I yeah, think I think a big they enough will. gap, but I think they're going to regress a decent amount here. And I, I'm wondering, Scotty, what's the over/under even at for them? Uh, I'll get there in a second. It's at ten and a half. You can ponder that Whoa. while uh, while I make another point. But like, look, there's two things on offense that stick out to me. One, the uh, the success they had as as a juggernaut on offense last year was because they had Amari and CD. And uh, and Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson and Dawson Knox or not Dawson Knox. That's another good Dalton tight end. Schultz. Uh, Dalton Schultz. Excuse me. Uh, uh, we'll get to the Bills later. Uh, but that was the success. Now you're asking Dak to do that with two or three of those guys instead of you know having Amari Cooper be uh, be another uh, cog in the wheel to to facilitate that juggernaut of an offense. And secondly, with Dak, he had a great year. He finally came as a as a top ten quarterback, uh, and he got paid as such, uh, justifiably. Uh, but he finished last year with a, a, a low eighty three PFF grade, which is great. That's what you want out of a out of a good quarterback. But like, 
once he got injured in week six, it was downhill from there. And he had yeah. a ton of turnovers down the stretch. He was bad um, down the stretch. I mean, that offense just really bad. Like he had juggernaut going into for the whole season yeah. last year. And he yeah. was and he bad had, down the stretch. He had, he had a game with four interceptions, uh, four turnovers, two, uh, one with two games with two intercept uh, turnovers and a game with three. And that was in the playoffs against the Niners. Um, and so yeah. I heard this, this, uh, this analogy about Dak, uh, I think it was Sam Monson on the uh, on PFS podcast was talking about how you have uh, performance cars like Lamborghinis who are so fine tuned uh, and their parts and every little detail uh, has to be uh, perfect. And then you have like a Honda Civic. Let's call it Kirk Cousins. I don't know. Uh, and once one thing gets out of whack uh, with the the fine tuned machine, an injury. Uh, to Dak Prescott, the uh, the fact that he doesn't have as many good receivers to throw to anymore. When we've seen one or more of those things out of place, it's a different Dak Prescott. And now you've done that in the offseason. Uh, and I think you're going to see a limited version of what uh, the top line level that he is. I, I do need to make a quick correction. I was filtering by the wrong thing. They were not the last defense. Um I was looking at some secondary stuff, but I do want to say this about Dallas. You know, obviously they were crushing it in yards. I think they had the most yards last year. Again, they crushed it in points. That offense did do a lot with some changes going on. Like I, I do think they'll regress, but they're still going to probably be a top 10 offense in my opinion, just because they're going to throw the ball so damn much. Now they're going to be down and coming back maybe, but I think that offense is going to be good. I just think that defense, you know, they were okay last year. I don't see them getting better. And on the offensive side, I think they slide. And this is the thing, right? Because I know my own biases. And so I, I'm trying really hard to see what everyone else is seeing, to see why. And I think part of why that win total is at 10 and a half is because the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl, the Cowboys over wins is going to be one of the most popularly, popularly bet things on sports books. It's just, it is. The, the fan base, how widespread it is, people are going to bet the Cowboys to win a lot of games. And they've been good consistently for a while. I don't see what other people are seeing in terms of this team being like the clear cut favorite. And even when I see the talking heads on ESPN talk about it, they're saying things like, Oh, well, you know, yeah, they traded Amari Cooper, but, and lost Cedric Wilson, but they brought in James Washington. And it's like, those things aren't the same. Like Amari Cooper has been a stud for a long time. We all love mm -hmm. CD and I love CD a lot too, but now he's going to get the top corner assignment at every single game. Um, I don't think that, and and we talked about Dalton Schultz when we did our tight end rankings. Dalton Schultz is a nice is a nice player. He also benefited from the fact that he was like the fifth or sixth option yeah. on everything. And Great. I think he'll still be a good player, but he's not Dallas Goddard. He's he's not one of the top tier guys in terms of athletic ability and talent and what he can do. Um, there's a couple other things here, and and then we'll we'll get to our predictions here, and then because uh, I want to move on, but. I'm trying to, to, to be understanding in that this team's been around. They have a good nucleus. I do think Dak is better than a Kirk Cousins, but the stats say he's the exact same quarterback. The stats say that he is the exact same quarterback that he was, uh, that Kirk Cousins is. And I think Dak's better, but that's what the numbers would, would lead you to believe. Um, Kellen, uh, Kellen Moore was – a popular head coaching target, right? And there was all this talk about, oh, well, you know, Dallas or you know, Dallas is going to fire McCarthy and hire Brian or, or Kellen Moore. And as it turns out, like 
Kellen Moore wasn't that great. Kellen Moore actually was pretty vanilla and just trotted out the same offense that made him like a genius and teams caught on to it after a while. Um, they need to adjust some things there. And I, and I think he will probably, but it's still Mike McCarthy oh, yeah. offense. So who's, who's to say, so, I mean, um, when you score that many points, you're going to get looks. That's the thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, they scored a ton. That's what NFL's about. Yeah. And, and look, man, I don't know. Like at the end of the day, they could easily be a 12 win team. I I'm having a hard time seeing that and I'm trying to make sure it's just not my but, bias being what's yeah. So I don't, I don't think it, that you're wrong on that. You want to talk over under on wins now? Let's do it. Yeah. 10 and so a half. I, it's 10 and a half. And I think you're right in saying that Jeff, because keep in mind that they're playing all the first place teams in the NFC. They've got to play the bucks. They've got to play the Packers. Uh, they've got to play the Rams. So that's three games right there. Granted, they play the AFC and NFC South. Um, but still, I think there's uh, there's wins to be had uh, in in some of those games. So you play AFC South and uh, and your division. Let's take those two alone as a microcosm. Uh, that's ten games. If you go five and five, if you're you're lucky, I think uh, in those games. And I think they can probably get right above five hundred in those total games. Um, but I don't think they're getting above five hundred in the division. Not as good as. Uh, as Philly has gotten, and obviously we know the NFC East is crazy and uh, and wild, especially toward the end of the year. I don't see it. I don't see above ten wins. Um, I take the under, but I'm like right at ten. That's a really good case. Um, I was going in thinking probably over by a little bit, but I think ten wins is the number. Yeah. So I'm going to go under, but just just slightly. Yeah. Man, I, I was thinking under, and I, I think I'm talking myself into over here. I think I'm going to go with 11, and I think it comes down to that. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, it's still have a great offensive line. They lost uh, Leo Collins in the offseason, but they got Terrence Steele, who's there. It, they drafted uh, – oh, what was his name? Uh, Tyler uh, – who's the, the guard from Tulsa they, they took in the first round? Tyler Smith? So. Yeah, thank you. Um. Yeah, so I think the the you know they're gonna have a good line again. They had to again do make some moves to make that happen, but I believe in them. I'm gonna go ahead and say that they get 11. All right, there we have it. Um, let's move on to the two shittier teams. Um, I want to start with the Washington Commanders here uh, because this is a team whose roster I'm actually not that low on. Um, they extended Terry McLaurin. They bring back JD McKissick. Uh, the offensive line got better. Uh, the defense stayed about the same. The same. Uh, the only thing on the offensive line that they did lose, which did stink uh, for them, was Brandon Scherf, who is you know was one of the top offensive linemen out there. Um, but look, the biggest thing here is Carson Wentz, right? Yeah. Um, how much? How many more wins is Carson Wentz worth than uh, Heineke, right? I think he played pretty damn well. I, he had some dumb turnovers at some points, but like he actually played pretty well in that system. Uh, uh, maybe a, one or two, but I also, to your point, Jeff, like that was a big change for them this off season. So everyone has to adjust. Right. So you think, Oh, him with Terry McLaurin, or it's going to be perfect. Well, it also depends on the timing between the two and how they work out. So you got to wait and see. I'm expecting some early season uh, mishaps just with the fact that he's never been around there and 
luckily it's not, you know, a COVID year, but it's still practice with receivers is limited. Um, you know, going back to his original division is going to be interesting. Uh, I think for all the teams and I don't know, he's going to pull out some shit. He's still so talented. You know, he's the number one overall pick for a reason or a first round pick for a reason. Um, and, you know, he was the future of a franchise at one point and got them to a Super Bowl. So, you know, we're he's not going to be an MVP moves. if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and yeah, it, you know, but to speak on that terms, so was Cam Newton was an MVP, lost the Super Bowl, and then he was out a couple of years later. Like the NFL changes so quick, it's hard to keep up. But I will say this like, he's got the talent. I think, is this his revival? I'm going to bet no. Um, but I do like those offensive pieces, man. I know Indy was good, but I like uh, on the throwing side a little more of what the commanders have. By the way, can I state the one thing I hate the most about what the commanders did in the offseason is their logo? It's like, it's like a, shield thing that like has 1932 and like I, I don't know it's not a logo this is not a football logo i don't know what else to say get your shit together like do yeah. something right i'm, I'm so we're, stay out of my county <laughs> we're all it's so hard to rebrand man we're I'm all so we're all down on the commander's name and the logo and the uniform I mean, the yeah. uniforms are okay but as a whole it's not a great look um it's interesting right because with wentz so much of it's going to turn in come to are we going to see gunslinger or are we going to see you know, the dog that's kept in the yard who wants to go run around, right? Because that's really what he was in Indy. He was a guy who wanted to go out and make plays, but he he felt, and what Indy wanted him to do was to slow things down, take his time, you know, take the throws that were there, and to hand the ball off to, um, to Jonathan Taylor. Now, he's got a nice running back room with Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, but he's got some good talent there. We all like Scary Terry. I think we're all high on... Um, I almost just said uh, J.K. Hamler on Jahan Dotson. And AJ, gonna, that's a fine. Um, but he's going to have some guys, right? I, I'm, I'm weary that – and look, if there's one person, one human, other than Andy Reid in the NFL that you're like, oh, yeah, I trust this guy to rebuild a broken quarterback, Ron Rivera as just a person I think can get to him. But honestly, no one has gotten through – to Carson Wentz, his former head coach, who he was an MVP with last year, couldn't get through to him when he was in India. I have a hard time believing that Carson Wentz isn't going to immediately revert back. And, and, and all of a sudden he's not going to be as stubborn as he's always been. I mean, he did the stuff that Indy wanted, but he did it reluctantly. I, I have a hard time seeing this offense look good. And, and the other big thing too, is the, strength of the defense on Washington was the defensive line, right? And Chase Young missed eight games last year with the torn ACL. I'm sure we'll see him this year, but it's probably not going to be right away. Um, and then Montez Sweat, who missed six games last year. And in 2020, they combined for 16 and a half sacks. And that's just just between the that's two of huge. them. If they don't get that same level of pass rush with um, John, was it John Abraham or the kid from or the guy from um, Alabama who's in the interior there. Um, you know, they have some depth at the interior defensive line that's been good, but I don't know. To me, I think they're the third best team in the division. Um, I think seven to six wins is, is consistent from what they they won seven last year. I think that's probably where they're going to be again. And I think Carson's going to make some really amazing throws. Um, and I think he's going to have some that just leave you shaking your head and going, what the hell is this guy doing? And why can't he just get it? Because that's what he's always been and. You know, look, one year in, two years in, that's one thing. Dude got drafted in 2016. 
This is his sixth season in the NFL. If he doesn't get it by now after now three teams, uh, he's never going to, no matter how talented you are. I think you're right. And I think the, the saving grace, uh, one of the things I love about their, their camp in particular, uh, and one thing I don't like, one that I love is that Carson Wentz loves his tight ends. And Logan Thomas could be one of the better tight ends with Carson Wentz uh, throwing the ball. Uh, the wide receivers are great. Obviously, Jahan Dotson's got a lot to prove, and he's going to take some of the pressure off of Terry McLaurin uh, on the outside because he's going to be playing opposite him. Uh, but the thing I don't love is the way that they're probably going to utilize uh, Antonio Gibson, right? I mean, like, this is a guy who's great out of the backfield catching the ball. He's a great runner. Uh, he's been one of the the top five running backs over the last two two seasons. And I'm not just talking in fantasy, uh, but like the idea that that Rivera would utilize his offense uh, in camp to not focus on on a playmaker out of the backfield uh, and, and focus more on Carson Wentz just lends credence to what you're saying, Jeff. And I think he's going to play a lot of hero ball. Carson Wentz is, uh, and it's it's going to bite him, uh, especially well, in a tough division. That's the problem is that when he plays hero ball, so to say, when he doesn't almost to relate it back to the point, Jeff, you made about Jalen and what everyone wants from Jalen is, can you get the timing down of a three-step, five-step? How many times have we seen Carson drop back? And when he's on, he's on, he's just slinging it, no problem. And then all of a sudden he'll take like, he's not even all the way back in his damn like drop back. And then he'll just start running off because he yeah. just doesn't trust what's happening. Now, given, I do think, you know, there are a lot more weapons. We'll see what he does. I don't think they're going to ask him to do that. But to your point, if he reluctantly did it in Indy, what is going to be different about this situation? And I don't think much. I do think that this defense, um, the defensive line, I'll give them the, the year to kind of have regress. I still think they're one of the top. There was a, a great stat. They call it war. It's like the wins against wins replacement. above replacement. Above, yeah. above replacement yeah. yeah, thank you. And and um, so in, I believe in 2020, yeah, Chase Young was seventh in that. Montez Sweat was eighth. And then Jonathan Allen, that defensive tackle. Jonathan Allen, thank um, you. Yeah, he... he I think it was a, yeah, 18.5% pass rush win rate, which is fourth among defensive tackles, interior defensive linemen. So they have a lot of talent. And again, they've done well in 2020. A piece has done well in 2021. Can they put it back together? I'm going to bet yes on that side, which I think will keep them close. You remember, I mean, in 2020, this team was scraping by wins. And we were yeah. all like, how the fuck is this team doing it? And yeah. it was on that D-line and Chase Young is a rookie. So I'm going to bet some of that comes back and, um, you know, they're going to be better, but offensively, I think it's going to be more similar than, than I mean, than a, a massive step forward with Wentz. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Wentz is just like a, a slightly larger version of Taylor Henneke. I think he's a Henneke with a stronger arm that's bigger and, and a little stronger and faster, but the bonehead mistakes are still going to be there. You know, that game against Jacksonville in week 18 still happened. And Carson Wentz didn't lose many games for the Colts last year because he was playing so conservative. But he was a main reason why they lost that game last year. Not the only reason, but he was a main reason. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Over under win total there, Scotty. Eight and a half, under. which is way high. <laughs> under. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. I can't find seven, let alone eight uh, wins on their schedule. And granted, they open up with the Jaguars and the Lions. Uh, but most of their tough games are on the road. Uh, so I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see it either. Unless, unless Wentz 
really it's it all snaps back to him and and they let him take over and and run his offense like he did when he was in philly um it's hard to imagine he's gonna not to mention the dude's gone through so many injuries i mean he's not the fast go watch highlights from the 2017 season and look at how much lighter and slimmer and faster he was including on the play he got injured on (laughs) yeah he's more big ben now than he was then and back then he was more like deshaun watson like he he really was like quick agile fast super athletic and a massive arm and now he's kind of bigger and slower and he's stronger but yeah he's not the same guy Vito, what are you taking i'm taking the under hard on that i'm close man eight and a half is that what you said yeah that's right i'm going i'm going right on the nose i'm gonna go i'm gonna go eight wins in a tie Mark it down. This is going to be the team that ties this year. It's going to be a fucking Thursday night game interdivisional with the Giants or some bullshit, and they're getting a tie. We're going eight and a half. That would be very much like the Washington football team, still owned by a major piece of shit. All right, let's talk about the New York football Giants. Um, New head coach, Brian Dayball, loved the hire there, despite uh, some of the odd – remember that's the whole Brian Flores and Belichick texting the wrong Brian – how that ended oh, yeah. up? How that ended up costing <laughs> you know the Miami Dolphins a first round pick? It, there was a bunch what of off season we had. <laughs> there's a bunch of like conspiracy theories that are like you know Bill Belichick out here playing chess and everyone else playing checkers, where he like thought ahead and was like, oh, I'm gonna fuck this up and then it's gonna get released and then it's gonna end up costing my division rival a first round pick. Um, and he knew I, about the Brady thing too. That's what it was. <laughs> um, but look, the Giants here. Oof, uh, there are people who are weirdly high on the Giants. And and I think it's just like a, the preseason, like we all end, uh, end up kind of getting higher on teams because there's always a chance. Um, I don't think Daniel, you know, Daniel Jones is like one of the five worst quarterbacks in the NFL, but I don't think he's much higher than 22nd or 23rd. I mean, he's better he's than 32. I mean, <laughs> I, I, and I know the QBR rate, he finished 32nd in QBR, but when you watch him play, he's not that bad. You know, he, he's not as good as, you know, your Kirk Cousins or your Ryan Tannehills, but I don't think the gap is that big. That being said, I mean, this offense was bad last year and, and Dable will come in and help that. And I think he will help Daniel Jones improve in certain aspects of it, but I still don't trust Daniel Jones. I don't trust this defense, even though the defense was the stronger part of that team last year. Uh, but, they paid yeah. Kenny Galladay. Uh, you know, they did they end up moving on from uh, Kadarius Tony too? I know he was like on the what? trade no. block. I don't think they ever actually did, but they're, no, they're he's still he, there. He was on the uh, on on the list there. But if you if you look at here's the list, right? And when you go onto certain websites and certain articles, and you read the previews and you do lists of just like additions, like notable additions, notable departures. The notable departures for them is a laundry list, right? Both starting tight ends, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, are gone. Uh, Nate Solder, who was not good for them, but still. Will Hernandez, who was pretty good for them, gone. Billy Price, all three of them were starting offensive linemen. Uh, Matt Skura, who was a backup offensive lineman. Lorenzo Carter, Austin Johnson, two defensive players. Reggie Raglan, who started for them at linebacker. James Bradbury, obviously was their best defensive players. Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan, and then lastly, their punter. I mean, that's the longest list of, of guys who played snaps for them last year who are gone and then you look at the guys they brought in and it's like tarod taylor and ricky well, seals jones is coming that's to because play tight end for them now it's they've just been, well, they've been handicapped like handicapped handcuffed like they were in salary cap hell 
and, and that's part of the reason but for every, that. every team in the NFL is in salary cap hell. Like there are some that, that are objectively worth than, you know, worse than others, but the roster is not good, you know, and they're think, still the ones who went out and paid Leonard Williams. who's a solid player, is, but they gave him. Is it not money. good? Is it Galladay. not good? Is it not good? Or is it that they, they haven't had, cause to me it's, they haven't had all of their uh, investments on the field at once. They haven't had uh, a lineup where they have Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, uh, Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, all playing at the same time. They've all been plagued by injuries. The wide receiver injury thing last year was bad for them, but even when they did have their full wide receiver lineup out, they were terrible. And part of that's Daniel Jones, and part of that was the offense, and having Jason Garrett be your offensive coordinator and play caller was a terrible idea. But I think it runs deeper than that. You know, like, I don't think any of us liked Pat Shermer. He was not a great head coach. But at the same time, like, and Dable, I think, will do good. But I think this is a two-year process minimum. So So, go ahead. I want to get in on this. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think a couple couple of huge pieces here. Number one, they had the second-worst offense in the league last year. Okay just straight up. And at the end of that, like we said, there are reasons for that, whatever, but to your point, they lost a lot on the offensive line, but I actually think this offensive line is, is going to be better than they probably have had. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Evan Neal going there, right. Big pickup in the draft. Um, their other, that left tackle who was a rookie two years ago, Andrew Thomas, he like stunk it up his rookie year. He made a lot of progress last year. He did. Um, and, and so like, if you can get two solid tackles, I think it's going to help Daniel Jones out a lot, help the running game, especially Evan Neal's just a mauler. Like, I don't even know. You could play him at any position. I feel like he'd be fine. Um, and I think first-round picks have translated well, mostly, in the NFL, especially early ones. So I, I'm willing to bet on him. Now, to the point of what the hell is going to happen when Daniel Jones has the ball in his hands. I mean, what I'm so concerned about is that this team was, you know, technically I think they were a top 10 defense in points per game, but that is only because the offense couldn't do shit, right? Like that, if, if all of a sudden their offense starts scoring, their defensive numbers are going to fly up and they had a better defense last year than they do now. So I think this team is going to get drug up and down. I bet you they, they end up with a bottom 20 defense and that's just because of the fact that their offense is hopefully going to score a little more, but you know, is this, is this the last season of Danny dimes? Yeah. Well, so I, you either do one of two things and, and, and they did the best they could with what they could in, in the salary cap range in, in the draft in, in a upgrading your offensive line. So either you're setting up uh, Daniel Jones to be successful this year to figure out what he actually is, or you're setting up for the future when, if it all goes downhill and well, way, Dimes is not the, the, yeah, right. But if it's, if he's not your guy, your record will probably indicate that and you'll be in position to draft one of the top quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. I, I just mean like personally, do you think you, he's going to make it or not? No, you, you have a head coach. First of all, no, I don't to answer that part of the question, Vita. Um, I don't either. Yeah. But what I was going to say is you have a new head coach and a new general manager, both come from Buffalo. And whenever that happens in the NFL and there's a young quarterback who's fighting for another contract, that's pretty much the it's it's but giving them a free year, it's yeah. giving them a free year. If they perform badly, they go to the owners, they go to the Mars and they say, hey, you know what? We didn't draft them. He wasn't our guy. You know, we did the best that we could. Let us get our guy that we pick at the top of the draft to come in and, and take over. And that's yeah. it. This team is is a four win team at best. I, I, I mean, look, 
You look and, at the offense, and I get it. Saquon, you know, I want Saquon to be healthy and to perform because I, I admire the talent. I, at this point, it's hard to say, it's hard to say he's going to. I hope he does yeah. for his sake because, you know, it's tough being the second overall pick in the draft and then, you know, as a running back and then getting hurt and not really having a chance to see the field because when he's been healthy, God, he was the player I was most afraid of going up against in the in the NFL. Honest to God, his first two years. He's pretty good. But it's also been three years since we've seen that. You yeah. know, it's actually it's been yeah, four, it's been four years. Yeah, Zeke's the same way. Out of, out of Saquon than you can Zeke at this point. And in the wide receiver rooms, like, yeah, Kadarius Tony could be is, – is I like him as a player. I loved Kenny Galladay, but now, again, he's – when he was playing in, in Detroit, it was a totally different – ball game than what this team is now he'll get up some good yards he'll be a decent fantasy player probably but they had zero touchdowns through the first 14 weeks of the season of the season for wide receivers zero they had they had two offensive linemen who outscored them in touchdowns uh outscored the wide receiving core in touchdowns last season and i look that that team last year especially once danny dimes got hurt at the end of the season i mean they were they were just awful but I do like what they did on the offensive line. Andrew Thomas did get better, but he that was a bad pick that they that they made. Um, and I like the Evan Neal pick. I think Evan Neal was a good pick. So the future is bright. They got a, a long-term, hopefully, anchor on the offensive line, and hopefully Andrew Thomas can develop too. And I like what Dayball is going to be able to do there, but they have some work and, to do. So, And to your point, too, on defense, Jeff, they also brought in Wink Martindale as their mm-hmm. defensive coordinator. So uh, to, to the point about the process, meaning that, I don't think they have the pieces this year, but Wink Martindale did a good job of building that Baltimore defense from the back uh, to the front, meaning yep. they they were always like four or five deep at corner. Uh, they had elite safety play and Marlon Humphrey and, and but they had they bench Patrick but they had and, but they had benchmarks on the defensive line always too, mm-hmm. right? You know, they and they and always had cornerstone draft. guys, and, and which so they have don't the Giants. Have right uh, but that 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 you know building it that way was successful because they were able to get guys who could rush the passer up front, which the Giants don't have uh, apart from Kayvon Thibodeau this year. Yeah, I was going to say, Thibodeau is a huge upgrade in that department, so we'll see. He's got some raw talent to work with as a coordinator, but we'll see what happens and what kind of shit they kind of scheme up against. The two offenses we spoke about with Dallas and and the Eagles and then whatever the hell Carson wants decides to do down in I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a better record than Washington. At the end of it, I think Washington's yeah. going to be about like a six or seven win team, but like one of those two teams is going to be really bad and the other one's going to be decent. And they either one you could make the case for, and I think it makes sense. Either way, though, I think it's Danny Dimes' last year in New York. All right. What's the over under on the win total, Scotty? I've got the over under at seven and a half. So Vegas is saying Dallas, Philadelphia, Washington, Giants. Seven and a half for the New York football Giants. I'm going to take the under there. Seven and a half wins. Wow. This this may be my first under I've taken this whole entire time we've done this. But, yeah, I think I'm taking the under. Yeah, Vito's yeah. got everyone on the over. <laughs> um, I am going to – yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm going under. Uh, I All just right. don't see it. I, I don't see it. Even if, if they're fully healthy, uh, if they're getting the best they can out of the wide receiving cord, Saquon, uh, Daniel Jones – that defense is going to be abysmal. Uh, So yeah, I'm under lots of uh, confirmation bias on this podcast from the boys here, but you know, who will never give you confirmation bias. Our friends, 
at Alliance Accounting. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Alliance Accounting. Tax season is just like football season. It never really stops. 24-7, 365. And if you think it's hot out now while we're waiting for football season to come back, imagine the hot water you'll be in if you miss the October filing extension deadline. And whether you are a small to mid-sized business or just a regular Joe playing one-on-one with your income taxes, the trusted team at Alliance Accounting is here with reliable accounting solutions to get you across the goal line without missing any deadlines. Don't miss the deadlines. That's a big part of this. Uh, I use Alliance Accounting myself. They're phenomenal. They just got a fantastic small team that is always available to help. And one of the things I love most about Alliance Accounting is the deep roster they provide. Roster depth is huge in football season. For both individuals and businesses, Alliance will accurately file your federal and state taxes for you, saving you time and money. I love money. Who doesn't love money? They will review your return thoroughly to check for all available deductions and credits to make sure you score the maximum refund you deserve. And they'll help you plan for your team's future with their detailed and personal analysis of your taxes and provide you solutions tailored to your needs. And it doesn't stop there. Alliance Accounting's roster will help you get through overtime with their thorough and trusted bookkeeping and business finance services. So sit back, relax, crack a beer, and enjoy the game knowing that Alliance Accounting has got you covered for all your tax needs. Visit their website at Alliance Accounting, that's allianceactng.com, or find them on their Instagram at Alliance underscore accounting. Alliance Accounting with you every step of the way. Once again, that's Alliance Accounting, A-C-T-T-N-G.com or on Instagram at Alliance underscore accounting. The AFC East previewing that on the other side. All right, the darlings of the NFL. And by the way, boys, we're because we're going to start with the Buffalo Bills, I got something I got to show you guys, all right? And this is how we're going to kick off our Buffalo Bills conversation. Uh, this is real time podcasting. Go. I'm running to go get something real quick. Boys, banter and fill the air. This is well, great this. for uh, audio medium. Go ahead. Fido. Well, well, I, no, I was going to say just to start off with the Bills, I think the most important thing that everyone needs to know is that the Bills are like, we all love Bills Mafia. We all love everything to do with that. I want to go break a goddamn table every time I see a video. Is this the best fan base that has come up? Because you have like, all right, Steelers are great fans. Dallas is all mm. over. Um, you know, you like, I mean, that's just the reality of those two of the biggest fan bases in, in the NFL mm. by numbers. Is Buffalo the biggest growing fan base? I feel like, yes. I feel like this team is so like they were good, but they never won a Super Bowl in the early 90s, right? They went to four straight. They've never really had that. And now with Josh Allen, so lovable coming up. Is this the biggest growing fan base in the NFL? I think, I think they have two things going for them. I think they have the the darlings that uh, that are the upcoming team, and then the the sympathy of not going over four in Super Bowls in the nineties, and uh, and the idea that they're a New York team that isn't the loudmouths from New York City. Uh, that to me is is huge because I can't stand Jets and Giants fans. Every year it's just the, the same crowd. Oh, we're going to be great. Oh yeah, well you won four games. Congratulations. Bills fans never do that. They just love their team. I think they are the most likable from a national perspective. I think they are the consummate underdog 
that everyone roots for them. You know, I think the chargers are a little bit this way, but that might be partially out of pity too, because people love their uniforms and they're sweet, but they also don't really have a fan base anymore. Um, and they have the best quarterback in the AFC. So. But what's fun about this, and I'm glad that this is how you chose to uh, to cover the the dead air there while I had to run and, and get my prop for this segment. So you guys know I work at a bar. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a bar, at the bar, finished up my shift, hung around, had a beer, and there were two gentlemen who had been who were sitting there. And one of the guys had come in like every night. Now there's a hotel right next door to our bar, so we got a lot of people who stay at the hotel. This guy was construction worker right you know i had the oh, real yeah. dirty grinding hands like guy was a og really cool came in ordered you know buffalo wings every night had a bunch of beers great dude so i get to talking with him afterwards turns out he and his buddy were both from buffalo and that they had been sent down as construction workers to work on a project down here in the uh in the dc area so i get to talking with him and I tell them all the time how, you know, I'm an Eagles fan and we're t- telling them about how great the winning the Super Bowl was and finally getting over that hump and how badly I want that for Buffalo people and for guys like you, because these guys were hardcore Buffalo Bills fans. So at one point in, in the night, you know, and again, it's only about 30 minutes I'm talking to these guys. And this just shows you the caliber of, of people that Buffalo people are. I'm telling he we come up with a, an arrangement. I said, I promise you. Cause I told him I had a podcast, which naturally do. And I said, I promise you that I will hype up the bills all year long that when the Eagles aren't playing and the bills are playing, I will watch and I will be a bills fan just for you, just for this guy. And the guy said, look to me dead in the eyes. And he said, if you do that, I will give you the bills hat off of my head right now. And I said, come on, dude, like, I'm, I'm not going to take your bills. hat." And he goes, dude, I got five of these in my truck right now. He said, I will <laughs> give you this hat right now if you promise to do that for me and i said i'll do you one even better i had a hat that was one that i got working at the bar that was a virginia beer company hat which is a great local brewery and i said we'll do a hat swap i said you'll take my hat because you've been in here every night it'll remind you of your time week you know coming to the casual pint and we'll do a hat swap so boys oh it's a good one we are Holy Bill's a, Mafia. <laughs> it's a blue hat with the uh, red outline of the black logo and the black brim. That's a That's beauty. Slick. Oh, I love that. Shit. Bill's Mafia. All right. I'll, I'll say it. Represented Bills, all baby. Shout out. Shout I'll out say it. Us. Shane and Tom from TJD Contracting. Uh, that That is their company. That is who they work for. And uh, great guys. So shout out. Great work out of you, Shane and Tom. Unbelievable. Just uh, just a great uh, classy move by you guys and exemplifies what we were talking about, about Bill's Mafia. I'm 100%. ready to say it, Jeff. Forget Justin Herbert. Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the AFC. There it is. Just like that. That was that was for you, Shane and Tom, who uh, I believe are new fans of, of the pod. They told me they would be listening to us well, now moving forward. Speaking so. of construction workers, uh Bills are going to be the next ones getting a new stadium for the NFL. So hopefully uh, you guys are the Pagoo- that at some point. Are they building the, the roof on it? No. no I heard that was happening. Now. Okay. That they, they went away you from can't it. can't do that in Buffalo. You need the outdoor No, you can't. You, no, you can have – it's called retractable, and it would make them a lot more money, oh. but they're going with outdoors. So what are you going to do? But, no, I loved it, and it, it completely exemplifies what we were just saying. And uh, I got a cool hat out of it. He got a cool hat out of it. And uh, and we're repping the Buffalo Bills here on this podcast. So shout out to those guys. It was just so fun doing a hat swap. It was like a jersey yeah. swap at the end of, you know, at the end of the week. Circle and, the and wagons. Circle the <laughs> wagons, baby. Um, now let's get into it, right? Um, yeah. Because 13 seconds. 
The Bills, <laughs> after having a really good 2020 season, actually somewhat underperformed right off the bat. Um, 11 and 6 last year, I think we thought would be underperforming. However, they got hot at the end of the season and made a run. And if a coin flips the other direction, there's a chance that the Buffalo Bills could have been playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, unfortunately, we had, we had that epic, absolutely epic NFL playoff, or was it the, the playoff game uh, in the AFC divisional round? Um, really, really awesome game. But unfortunately for the Bills, they came out on the other side of it. And I think they actually got better. Um, you look at some of the guys they brought in, obviously the big one being Von Miller. Um, big contract for Von, but he adds just more depth to the defensive line, which is probably the pass rush is the one thing you could think they could have gotten a little bit better at it. They're great in the secondary. They're great at linebacker. Uh, but they also brought in Jamison Crowder, who replacing Cole Beasley and, and bringing in Jamison Crowder, I think Huge. that's a really good pickup for them. Uh, Tavon upgrade, Austin, honestly, <laughs> bring back Isaiah uh, McKenzie. And um, that wide, that whole wide receiver room right now is deep. A lot of options. Um, I'm curious to see what this team looks like. I feel like we're just going to see a, a slightly different version. It's going to be the same team, just with different names playing in different positions. It is, yeah. And you talk about the, the passing attack with the upgrade at wide receivers. Well, they did that in the backfield, too, drafting a guy like James Cook for his pass-catching ability. And mm -hmm. so now you have an already great uh, – an already great roster on both sides of the ball. And we'll get into the defense in a little bit, but you have an already great roster on both sides of the ball that you're just kind of filling out the edges with talent that can supplement. Uh, and, and James Cook is a great example of this, right? Like, like I said, they drafted him for his pass catching ability his yards after the catch. Uh, he's going to be a great compliment to, to Devin Singletary. Uh, I think, uh, and, and might be the, the leading uh, overall back out of the, out of that backfield as a rookie. I mean, to me, I, I think what this team exemplifies in offense and, and Jeff to what you had kicked us off with is exactly right. Right. The disappointing start. They kind of get their shit together, especially down late. And, and obviously the last game they played, they couldn't be stopped. Right. I mean, that that game, if it's the overtime or if it's the overtime rules, we should have uh, yeah. college style. Like, I, I don't know how much longer that would have gone on. It would have gone was that like conversions. Was that like top five playoff games that you've ever seen in your life? Like it was easily top, top 10 for sure. I think it's the best final two minutes of any game I've ever seen. It was epic. Uh, it was such I a mean, good in game. In the final two minutes, they scored like how many 20 something points? 30 uh, yeah, something. I think it was it like was 26 insane. points or something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. That's the best final two minutes of any NFL game I've, I've seen. Well, remember like, they had that know, epic comeback normal. against the, the Bucks too, against Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, God, they had. That's what I mean. They were just a good fucking team, man. And everything turned around from that point on. Honestly, the biggest question for them is how do they replace Brian Dable? They have Ken Dorsey coming in as their first-time coordinator, first-time play caller. We know how Sean McDermott, you know, has his hands all, all over the defense. He's not going to be calling plays on offense for them. So no. that's the one big difference. I think roster-wise, it looks like the same team. You know, it's yeah. just instead of Emmanuel Sanders, you know, you're going to have Jameson Crowder. Um and uh, I agree. I, who's the other wide receiver who had a huge playoff game? Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, I, Gabriel Davis. He, Gabriel he, Davis. Yes, Thank Gabriel you. Gabriel yeah. Davis, man. So to, to hit on that point, I think what, what's happening and what we've seen, Josh Allen had a huge step up. We always, we talk about in this podcast a lot. 
he had one of the most significant increases in completion percentage we've ever seen in NFL history going from, I think, year three to four or two to three. Now, what you can tell in that game where Gabriel Davis is always in the back of the end zone, his field vision has taken a whole nother leap. To your point, Jeff, what are the plays going to be like? Are they still going to let loose? Are they going to push that? They threw a lot more than most teams. There was no balance in Buffalo, right? It was throwing. They did not run the ball too much. And this offensive line is okay. It's okay. And, um, you know, how, how are they going to come back uh, this year? Are they going to depend on the pass a lot? It puts a lot more pressure on the offensive line. So you're going to try and dial in more runs. You did get a running back. And then on the defensive side, they drafted a corner. Um, uh, Who's that kid? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I definitely think that Elam's going to help out. But on the defensive side, I think that's where the focus is going to be. You know, Buffalo's going to put up points. They were great towards the second half, especially in defense. You know, can they put it all together in the last quarter of the season again and make a run? I think they're so talented and they have the pieces that that's the question now. It's not really, are they going to make the playoffs or are they not? You know, I, I think we're all planning on them winning the division. I, uh, maybe I'm being a, making a bold statement, but right. They're going to hopefully it's, win it's that. It's not that bold. It's but, yeah. Well, the thing is, is when you put it together at the end of a season, right. And what I'm talking about, you have to make sure though, throughout the season, you're winning enough to hopefully get at least home field through most of the playoffs. If not, you know, get to that first place spot, which is going to be tough in the AFC. Um, but luckily the AFC West is going to beat itself up. You know, the South is not, I don't think anyone's maybe Tennessee plans on dominating that, but I don't think they're going to be what they were And the North. Even then Cincinnati and, and Cleveland and, and Baltimore, like there's a lot going on here. And I think this is the one of the only just clear cut favorites that could probably win a lot of games. So can they get the first round? Uh, or the first overall pick, which now is the only spot that gets a buy. To me, that's like the biggest question. And when you're asking those questions, it's going to be a pretty good season. I'm with you. I, w- I want the Bills to be that, and I think they can be, and they're the clear-cut favorite for it. Uh, look, they were, they were the 13 seconds uh, uh, from the end of the fourth quarter and the coin flip away from having a home playoff game hosting the AFC Championship against the Bengals and they, they obviously would be the favorites in that uh, and then moving on to the Super Bowl. So I think this year it's all coming to a head uh, and, and and you're right, Vito. I mean, I'm with you that the main concern is the offensive line and the offensive line depth. They got rid of Daryl Williams, who's been solid, not great, but solid. Um, they've got their second year out of, out of, out of their right tackle, Spencer Brown. Uh, the big question is at right guard. Um, is it going to be Ryan Bates, Cody Ford, uh, th- that's going to be a position battle to watch. And then if the rest of the offensive line is average or below average, then, you know, this is a team that's, you know, with their offensive line depth that is just subbed in guys who are, who are, are just that average to below average. Uh, and, and yeah. The stats to back that up real quick is just offensively last year po- points, right? I don't care about yards points. Number one, they were number one defense in points. 17.0 a game and they were third in points per game on offense. So again, that was a cumulative piece of the entire season. They still have losses in there. So can they make this more consistent? Yeah. I'm my biggest worry. I think in terms of the offense, aside from Brian Dable is just, is Josh Allen going to continue to have to do as much as he did in those two playoff performances? Cause I mean, look, he had two unbelievable playoff performances and that's, ultimately what you're going to need, right? Like when push comes to shove in the playoffs, you need your guys, but is that foreshadowing, right? 
I'm, I'm worried and, and not from like an injury standpoint, even like, I think Josh Allen at some point, his body will slow down, but I think he's still, he's 26. He started 60 regular season games at 26. Um, it, it's more of just Gabriel Davis has to now be the number two, right? Cause they did lose both Emmanuel Sanders, who wasn't amazing for them, but he was solid at least as a veteran and Cole and Cole Beasley. And I think Jameson Crowder will alleviate that, but a big part of them being willing to do that and spending the money on Von Miller instead of a, you know, a Christian Kirk or someone like that who could come in. Um, part of the thought process behind that is that they expect Gabriel Davis to stay hot. And he had nine touchdown catches in his last seven games last season, including the postseason. That's an unsustainable, you know, overall percentage there. Like it's not likely he's going to stay at that hot all season, but can he consistently be really good i think there's a chance he can they added another wide receiving target uh at the tight end room and oj howard as well which i like to yep. get, add some depth with dawson knox so it's gonna be it's i don't think it's gonna be i think slam dunk they are the favorite and i do think they'll win the afc east but can the whole team get take another step and losing dable is is a tough piece to that but um, I think the offensive line's about the same as what it was. I think the defense is a little bit better than it was. And I think that's, that for the most part, the offensive line or the rest of the offense is going to be good. So let's do um, over under win totals here, Scotty. What do we have for the Buffalo Bills? Uh, we've got 11 and a half as the over under. I like the over. I'm going to take the over too. And, and just to get into a little bit, I think one thing you said there, Jeff, really got to me was – is it all going to come down to Josh Allen? Like, is this the next version of the Colts Peyton Manning where Peyton yeah. literally had to do everything. And if he didn't, they would lose. Cause then at the same point, right. You had Brady on a sustainable team who didn't have to do it all. And, and Cam so, Newton was the same way. But right. I think and, and so I think where I'm going with this is that this seems to be a lot more on him. Luckily the defense is pretty damn good, but um, at what point does that transition? The offense is clearly on his shoulders. I like that comp. Hopefully he doesn't turn into the Peyton Manning Colts. I don't think it's there yet. I was, that's why I'm going to have him be over. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're better built than that. Like on defense, like look, cornerback is not an easy position to just walk in and be good as a rookie. But this is a good setup for Kyrie Elam to play on the opposite side of Tredavious, Tredavious White, who now is going to take most of the hard stuff. Uh, and then you've got a solid cover corner uh, on the other end and a defense that plays uh, generally – uh, shell defense, keep it in front of you. But now they can kind of switch around safeties in, in Micah Hyde and and, uh, and uh, I forget the other safety on there. Um, but but now they they can do a lot of different stuff. Is my point with uh, with their defense and they're better built than that Indianapolis Colts team. It's not going to be uh, Josh Allen is the end all be all and, and Marvin Harrison that connection. It is uh, important to remember too. Tre'Davious White is coming off of an ACL tear. So that's not something that's necessarily easy to just come back and jump from. But I think if he's ready by the start of the season, or even if he comes in a little bit later, I don't think it's going to kill them. And I think by the time they hit their major games at the end of the season, he'll continue to be really good. It's just, I think we should quarterbacks is a tough position to have a knee injury at. Agreed. Agreed. So I'm taking the over Scotty. What are you taking? I'm, I'm just because of their defense. They only allowed nine completions over 20 plus yards last year and they got better on defense and they got better on offense. I'm over. All right. I think we're all on the over there. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the team that I actually think is the most interesting 
in this division. Part of it's the off the field stuff surrounding it. Part of it's a lot of the on the field stuff and what they did in the off season uh, feels a little bit, you know, Vince Young dream team ish here for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they have similar to the Eagles, sir. And it's very funny that both Tua and Jalen Hurts, the two guys who were on that Alabama team and one benched the other and threw the national championship touchdown or whatever, both are in very similar situations. Uh, a team that has gone all in to surround them with as much talent as possible. Both guys have major question marks around them. Um, and both teams have rosters that I think could end up being really, really good pieces. Um, to go down the laundry list of guys that the Miami Dolphins brought in and they spent a shitload of money um, in skill position wise, obviously it starts with Tyreek Hill. That's the biggest one. Uh, and then Cedric Wilson at wide receiver as well. They bring in Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, and Raheem Mostert, all who will get snaps and probably be a bit of a rotation for them at running back. Uh, but the biggest advancement outside of Tyreek Hill is the offensive line. Teron Armstead, the number one free agent of this year's class, in my opinion, um, a stud left tackle, bringing him in to protect Tua. When he's huge. <laughs> when he's healthy, for sure. Uh, as well as Connor Williams, who is just a proven, solid, professional offensive guard. Uh, a guy that's going to help protect the interior there and also will help the uh, running game a lot. They also brought in Emmanuel Ogba. They also brought in Melvin Ingram. Uh, they re-signed Xavier Howard as well as Mike Gesicki. So this team did a lot to put Tua in the best possible position. The question then, similar to the Philadelphia Eagles, how much do we trust and, and do we think Tua is going to prove himself this year? Because that's, that's where this all comes down. Mike McDaniel, new head coach, brilliant offensive mind, but there's a lot of talent and a lot of weapons on this team. Man, I love that comp to Jalen in a lot of ways because and as we were talking with Jalen, is QBR, right? Now, there were injuries and everything, but when he played, right, um, he had a quarterback rating of 90, but a QBR of 49.7, so 50 about, and I'm talking about Tua here, last season. I think he's going to take the step forward, and I think during the season last year, I got pretty narrow mind and said, man, this guy's a flop, whatever it's going to be. Man, accuracy's king in the NFL. Look at what Peyton Manning and Drew Brees have been. Yeah, they have strong arms, whatever. I think Tua can do this. I love a left-handed quarterback. I'm, I really think he's going to take a step forward. I like the defense. Um, I, I think this is a, to your point, a very interesting team. Is this, is this the Jeff or, and Scott, would you guys consider this maybe not of all the teams we've covered, but like the lowest floor, highest ceiling kind of team. I, oh, I th definitely. I yeah. think them. Um, and I think, I mean, there's a world where the Eagles chargers are, in that spot are up there. Too. Yeah. Nah, Eagles. I think the charger, I think the chargers floor is good. I, I think I think the worst case scenario for the Eagles is, you know, barring injury is just that Jalen's just bad and then they're bad. Right. The worst case scenario for the Dolphins here is just Mike McDaniel's not ready to be a head coach and two is just really bad. Um, yeah. It just doesn't fit with Tyreek, you know. But again, I have a hard time seeing those two things happen. Um, but I, I would say the Dolphins probably a little bit more just because at worst case scenario, Jalen can run. Right. So even if Jalen's not throwing the ball, well, you can still use him in the running game and you'll still be able to be a net positive. Can't do that with Tua, you know, and if Tua is not the guy that they hope that he is. I, yeah, this team's probably going to be in trouble. The defense didn't get all that much better, despite the fact that they were a solid defensive team. But how much of that was Brian Flores as the head coach versus, and, you know, losing him now this offseason too? agreed. And to the to the point of the defense, to Mike McDaniel's credit, he kept 
uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, oh, what the hell is his name? Jason Boyer. Um, and, and instead of coming in and revamping that whole defense, they built around uh, him and his defense and guys like Xavier Howard uh, and, and Byron Jones at, at corner. Uh, and Javon Holland, who's a rookie uh, safety, they built around that. Those are guys they they got to fit that system. Uh, wow. and, and so Mike McDaniel uh, did a good job by not let, bringing in another defensive guy. And I think this is one of the cases where, like, I think they gave up, yeah, 21.9 points last season. It's about mid-range. But I think that also feeds into the fact they had a lot of injuries on offense. They, they were expected to carry the weight of the team. And they did a pretty damn good job for a while. Like, I think – with a healthy offense um, and, and a fully uh, intact team, which, I mean, honestly, no one has by the time December rolls around the NFL. But I guess the point is that I'm expecting a step forward on offense to hopefully help the defense out and bring them into one of you know, the top half of the league here. And they also had some young guys, too. You know, Jalen Phillips, who was a first-round draft pick that had a defensive end. He's going to his second year. Christian Wilkins, this will be, I think, his fourth season. Uh, third or fourth season he's been really steadily good and then you know bringing in Melvin Ingram and Emmanuel Ogba I mean Ogba was one of the arguably the top defensive end free agent this year you know him and Randy Gregory I think were probably the two guys that you'd have right there so you know they brought in pieces um, but it all has to it all has to kind of fit together high high ceiling low floor team for sure but I'll be honest I'm kind of bullish on it um, I, yeah. I think a big reason is, you know, getting, getting the ball into two is into Tyreek's hands is like the number one thing. Right. And that doesn't have to come. And we saw this with the chiefs for a long time for as much as we love Mahomes' arm strength and everything. It's not like he was only throwing deep balls to Tyreek. A lot of his production came on those bubble screens on those inside out little, you know, quick inside passes. Slants. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're going to be able to do that. They, um, they still, uh, you know, Devonte Parker left and he's now in new England. Um, but you know, they did go out and get Cedric Wilson. They drafted Jalen Waddle in the first round a year ago. They have a lot of weapons and they also have guys in the backfield. Like Chase Edmonds is a good fucking player. Like that's not, you can't underwrite that, you and know, and, it's all speed, dude. Like Edmonds, Mostert in the backfield. And yeah. then the, the wide receiving core, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Those are four of the fastest guys in the NFL. And Sony Michelle's a great inside running back. You know, he's not an every down back, but he's a solid player to have there just to have a little bit of diversity. But we also saw Chase Edmonds and Raheem Moster both run between the tackles last year and do a really good job. I'm curious because this is the number one question. I think a lot of people or the assumption, I should say, you got a new head coach who's kind of a bit of I don't want to say whiz kid, but he's got some of that energy. And I like Mike McDaniel a lot. But with what we, saw Kyle with, Shanahan. <laughs> what we saw with Debo so much last year and, and all the creative ways they used him. Everyone's just assuming that like Tyreek is going to come in and be similar to that. And I think they'll use him in creative ways. I think it's just a bit of an assumption that people have had to say like, oh yeah, Tyreek's just going to come in and they're going to use him as a running back. Like they used Debo last year. Like I, I think a lot of that comes from Kyle Shanahan. A lot of that comes from Debo being a unique talent. Um, But I do think they're going to find some creative ways to, to to use Tyreek Hill. Uh, What is the over under on the win totals there, Scotty? Uh, the over under is eight and a half. Eight and a half. You know, I'm mm-hmm. bullish. I said I was bullish. I'm I'm going to take the over. I think they finished second in the division. It's a tough schedule. I agree with you. I mean, that I, and my comp for him is not 
uh, Jalen Hurts, it's Jimmy Garoppolo with the the average depth of target uh, and and the way he played. Now he got a revamped sure. offensive line in front of him. Uh, can he get the ball deep? I'm not sure that he can. We'll see. Uh, but I think that he hits on a couple of explosive plays in a couple of big games uh, and is the guy. They got a tough schedule, but I'm going to go over. I'm hitting under. I think it's just there's so many question marks. Yes, the defense made some upgrades. Um, bullish on the defense, on the offense. I mean, you got to get better at those skill players. They got a really tough I schedule. I just <laughs> don't know if they can put it together enough to get to get over 500. Um, and maybe I'm being harsh here, but I think that division's pretty tough. And I like uh, I like the team we're about to hit on next a little more than them. Well, let's get to it. The New England Patriots, your number two or three, I guess, mm-hmm. technically. God, it's already been three years since Tom Brady's been gone. Uh, the New England Patriots finished 10 and seven last year. Uh, a lot of what they did uh, was kind of centered around that running game. Um, Damian Harris, obviously, being the center point of that, you know, position himself as, as I think one of the better running backs. Fantastic offensive line, even though. You know, and they spent a ton of money last year. Remember, they broke the record before Jacksonville did this past year in uh, offseason, you know, free agency spending. And I would say for the most part, it worked. It, it didn't quite get them to the level that I think, you know, they thought that they could get. But they also had a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. And I expect Mac Jones, who is already in year number two, doing the best shape of his life stuff that we were talking about. But he does look good. He looks slimmed down. He's got a nice chiseled jawline, doesn't have the baby face anymore. Um, I loved the Devonte Parker trade for them. I thought it was, they didn't give up much. And I think Devonte, you know, he showed flashes at times in Miami and you always have to be cautious, you know, whenever, uh, you have a player who ends up getting, um, traded into a, uh, a, a team like that from across the division. Right. Cause you're like, Oh, what do they know that? I don't know. Why are they so willing to give, you know, one of their biggest competitions, this guy, but that was after, you know, they went out and got Tyreek, and I think there were other things going on. Um, they go out and get Mac Wilson via trade at, at cornerback. They bring back Malcolm Butler, um, bring back Devin McCourty. I An love the Malcolm Butler and Devin McCourty. For sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> Ty Montgomery goes there. Uh, I also I, I sneakily loved the Jabril Peppers signing for them because he's a guy that not That's a lot such of such a New England guy. That's it like is. a Kyle Van Noy signing for Bill just, Belichick. No one's ever known what to do with him. And I feel like Bill's the kind of place, the kind of coach and New England's kind of place for that to happen. To me, this goes back, and it's interesting, a lot of the things we've talked about today, it's questions on the coaching staff. I mean, Matt Patricia is technically the offensive coordinator, kind of, but he's never coached offense in the NFL. Um, And they don't know yet who's calling plays, but they have a second-year quarterback who, as smart as Mac Jones is, and we we – you know, talked about that a lot when he was coming out of the draft. Um, there's there's some concerns here with this team, too, though. I think the core of what made them good last year is there, minus Josh McDaniels, who is a staple of that organization and has been for a long time on multiple stints. So, um, Vito, you said you're high in the New England Patriots. So let's make the case. Let's hear it out. So I, I think what we're going to see here is, first of all, they were a team that was Second in points against the, the, the defense absolutely crushed it last year. And I, I do think that the brain in vets, but we'll see why I, I love the Jabril pepper signing. I think the fact that to your point, a guy like Belichick says, I want that guy on my defense. I don't care if he's on 30 snaps a game, he's going to make a difference. And um, on the offensive side, they were actually a pretty solid team when it came to points per game. 
Um, they ended up being, I think, sixth, which is yeah, crazy. They had like say. three games that were over 50. Yeah, I mean, I just think in general, it's a team that puts it together, to your point. And, and like any Belichick team, defensively, they're going to run a lot of schemes in the beginning of the year and <laughs> figure out what they're great at offensively. We'll see what happens. I, I'm a personal believer that most quarterbacks in their second year regress. Um, I just, oh. it, it usually happens. It hasn't recently when I brought this up. So maybe I need to yeah. start an, I, analyzing well, my whole take. And I'll hold, bring up a comp for you in just a sec, but go on. Yeah, let, let me get through this. So so I do love what they did in the offseason with Cole Strange in the draft, the guard. They drafted um, Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver in the second round. They got two corners. They got a couple running backs, um, uh, then a couple linemen later in the draft. We'll see how they turn out. But I do think they're adding talent around Mac Jones. Now, one of these will hit, right? Some of these people will, some, some won't. But – Overall, I just I think I believe in Bill Belichick, and I liked enough what I saw out of Mac Jones last year to say, will he regress? Maybe a little bit, um, but I still think even if offense and defense are both top ten in the NFL, you're setting yourself up for a great season. I think they'll finish second in the division. I think they'll make a playoff spot. Vito, your comp uh, for the quarterback. You ready? You talk about quarterbacks regressing in the second year. Here's one who hasn't. Uh, and it's his protege in New England, a certain future Hall of Famer, Tom Brady. Uh, not protege. He was the protege. Sorry. Uh, but uh, but Brady took that step in year two with Belichick, right? He went from game manager to, hey, let, like, let's just sling the ball all over the place uh, because we can. And, well, and that's what I think a, they're going to need. It was a little slower than that. But, yeah, I that, also that think, yeah, I mean, they missed the playoffs in the second year starting. But they're so. going to need Mac Jones to do that. They're going to need Mac Jones to be like, hey, to take a like, look, step. obviously it's it's the step, but it's like, obviously this team is built to run the ball, like be successful, running the ball, built around their offense, around the run. I get it. But like at a certain point, you're going to need Mac Jones to be the guy who can win the game throwing the ball, right? You're going to mm-hmm. need him to win a game where he's got 50 passing attempts, right? That's, mm. that's the sort of step he needs to take in year two. I disagree. Uh, I think if you're asking him to throw the ball 50 times, you're losing that game. I, I just think I, that I the think think you shouldn't have drafted him. No, I, I think that's I think not a Belichick team, though. Well, look, I mean, the last time we saw Tom Brady in a New England Patriots uniform throwing it 50 times a game, they lost the Super Bowl to the Philadelphia Eagles. So um, uh, <laughs> there he is. They so, slipped that right in there. No, the, the, actually, I think there's truth in both sides. Like, I don't think you ever want to be in a position where your quarterback's throwing 50 times a game, especially not a team led by Bill Belichick, who's going to be good on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. I think this team's going to take a step back defensively. Um, yeah, that they, quarterback room is a mess. It's a huge problem. Uh, they also lost Kyle Manoy, who wasn't, you know, wasn't a stub, but someone who knew what never fucked up there. Uh, Chase Vinovich, uh, Winovich, same way. Dante Hightower. They didn't bring back who, again, Dante Hightower skipped the 2020 season. He was a year removed, comes back, was not the same guy. But the guys that they brought in to replace them, even though McCourty's still there. And, yeah, they have they we, we talked about we liked sneakily um, the Jabril Peppers, you know, deal and the Mac Wilson trade will help. I, I think the defense is probably going to end up about the same as what it had, was last year. Probably, if anything, a little bit of a step back. But I think the offense is actually going to be better this year. I think another year with Mac Jones. But the problem is, is in terms of the roster, I think it's that way. I'm concerned about the coaching situation. I think not having a true offensive coordinator. Now, look, if anyone can pull it off, it's it's Belichick, right? But 
that's a major concern, right? Because Belichick can spend a ton of time with Mac Jones and it seems like they do. And, and as Vito, I know you just watched the, um, the, the man in the arena documentary and they yeah. talk about the one-on-one meetings that Tom had with, with Bill for years, right. Where they would get together every single day and go over stuff. But it's a little bit different when you don't have a guy whose singular job is to do that with him the entire time. Um, and I, I like Mac Jones. I think he's already at a, such a far advanced processing level for a second year starting quarterback. And we saw what he was able to bite off last year. I just, I, I think there's a little bit of influx here and the talent on the roster. I know Bill's going to maximize it, but I'm just, I'm a little cautious with them. I just, I'm not all the way there yet, despite the fact that I never want to doubt Belichick. Uh, and I think that defense is going to be good. And even if it's not great, the defense is still going to be pretty good, but losing JC Jackson, I mean, that was massive. He was so good for them last year. He was and Stefan Gilmore didn't play for them last year either. So like the, if Malcolm Butler is starting games for your cornerback, if he's your number one, or if he's in that conversation, that's a little worrisome. That's, I think that's ultimately my, my biggest concern, at least as a, as a, you know, unbiased observer of that team and, and just not having an offensive coordinator is a huge hole. That Super Bowl pick he made was eight years ago. So you're right. He's getting up there as a corner. And he was a rookie uh, that year too. Yeah. I, wow. I do. I do think um, to your point, you know, defense, even if they're up there, what the offense will do, I, I will say this, Mac Jones made a pro bowl as a rookie. It's really hard to do that. Um, you know, obviously popularity feeds more into it. Than it's anything, easier but, now because of the amount of guys well, that didn't go, but yeah, my home didn't go. AFC, Burrow didn't go. I don't, I, I don't, I think Josh Allen might've, but a lot of those, yeah. you know, Lamar was hurt. There's a lot of things that kind of got it's, in the way of that, but yeah. I, I it, you're right. He, he deserves credit for it, but so many it's guys opt out of it now. Yeah. I mean, he was the and, best uh, rookie quarterback last year. Hands down. Yeah. Easy. Wasn't even close, but, uh, but again, to your point, no so is Robert Griffin the third when he started. So, right. How many rookie quarterbacks have we said this guy's the next guy? And then it falls apart. Hopefully it yeah. doesn't for Mac. I felt like his, per, his, I felt like it, we'll get to that in a second, but just last thing on Mac Jones, I felt like his progression last year was what you want your rookie quarterbacks to be. He was never given too much. Yeah. But what he never was asked, given, yeah. what he was given, he excelled at and did a really good job. And by the end of the season, they were able to give him more and more stuff to do, which I think is, is a big win. Um, all right. What is the over under win total for the New England Patriots? We've got the New England football Patriots at eight and a half. Oof, over, over city. I'm going to yeah. take the over. I think it's right in that eight to nine wins. Um, I'm going to take the over solely because of Belichick. In a conference uh, league, and let alone the conference that they're in with uh, amazing quarterback play and unbelievable wide receivers, uh, I'm taking the under because that defense is going to get burned and they're going to get burned hard. And I don't think Mac Jones is going to be asked to throw the ball enough for them to get back in the games. I just want, yeah. want to note that. Scotty said Bill Belichick's going to get burnt. So we'll see what happens at the end of the year. This will be good. Yeah. I mean, Nick Foles burnt him in a Super Bowl. So, I mean, Gary, it's, yeah, that's two in one, in one team segment. Good I'm Lord, good. Jeff. I'm feeling good. All right. The Eagles look good. That's all I'm saying. All right. Let's wrap this up here with the New York Jets knocking out both New York franchises, <laughs> a team that I'm excited to watch play this year. Um, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Um, they go out and sign CJ Uzama. 
who leaves the Cincinnati Bengals. They bring back Braxton Berrios. Uh, obviously, it's going to be year number two with them, uh, with uh, um, blanking on the the uh, kid from Ole Miss who who is their wide receiver from last Elijah year's Moore. draft. Elijah Moore, thank you, who I think is a fucking animal. I think he's going to have a really good year. And then they also go out and get Garrett Wilson, who we all loved Garrett Wilson. So there are weapons to be had, but Garrett Wilson, you know, Garrett Wilson to me, and I said this during the draft, and him and Alave both very similar to Devonte, right? Like I think they're, he's going. I think they're going to come in and be pretty good right off the bat. I think their ceiling for later in their career is going to be awesome. Um, but Zach Wilson has to make some big jumps this year, which year number two, um, according to your theory, Vito would be a step back. But Zach Wilson was pretty bad last year. Uh, yeah, I and hope I not. Think it's, I think he was it's hard atrocious. for him to take a to take a step back. Um, there are some moments where the arm talent and everything flashes and you see how good he can be and how good he could potentially be. Uh, they also invested in the secondary DJ Reed at cornerback, Jordan Whitehead at safety, stealing him from the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I'm not saying this team's going to win eight, nine games, but I, I think they'll do better than they did a year ago. Man, and, and we talked about this right after the draft, too. Don't forget, they got Sauce Gardner there with the fourth pick. They got Garrett Wilson on offense and Jermaine Johnson on, on the defensive end. They had one of the best drafts, which, like, right? Which is crazy when you look at it. You're like, the Jets did well. Uh, what happens when you have three first-round picks. But and Joe Douglas wrong. running their front office, too. Mm, yes. Yeah. And so I, I'm, I agree with you, Jeff. I think this team finally takes a step forward to stop being the, one of the doormats in the NFL and – really starts progressing and, and we haven't seen a team do well with them since Rex Ryan and, and Mark Sanchez, right? Like Darrell Revis. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, right. Since, since that era. So hopefully Gardner can be one of those guys. And, and I, I believe sauce can be, I, I really like Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of talent they're adding and with the whole like fact that Zach Wilson this off season's had like funny things come out, right. With the whole mom thing, like he's become more likable. Actually, Yes, exactly. Oh, he's got that people, dog in him. <laughs> and that's what everyone says. But I think in the locker room with everyone else, I think it's like a really um, – it's the kind of news that you're not afraid of coming out about your quarterback. And and, ter- and usually in the Jets, it hasn't been great. No. <laughs> so, no. But this is um, like Joe Namath status for the Jets, right? This is like Broadway Joe. Uh, Zach Wilson far. hitting moms and throwing bombs. Am I right? Jesus. <laughs> I, 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 they're going to be a fun, bad team, you know, like early Josh Allen and Buffalo early Kyler Murray in Arizona before they were really good, but they have some young pieces. I'm really excited to see what Robert Sala does with some actual good players. on that's defense. A, that's a big key. Like, yeah. Like, cause Robert Sala is a phenomenal defensive coordinator, but he hasn't yes. had any real talent to work with. And I miss him dearly. Some, now he's got some guys here and, and it, they're going to be asking a lot out of sauce, but Jermaine Johnson, I mean, I've forgotten they grabbed him at the back end. Carl Lawson coming back. Carl Lawson, who they spent a bunch of money on in free agency last year, didn't play a single snap towards what is his ACL, I believe, or his Achilles yeah. in um, in the preseason yeah. last year. So, yeah, I mean, they're bringing in guys. They actually should be a at least competitive defense, but similar to a lot of these guys, whether or not they win four games again or they can win maybe seven or eight is going to come down to how good Zach Wilson performs. Yep. Totally. And so for, for the perspective here, they were last in points per game last year in defense, which that has to take a step up with Salah there. It will, even without the player additions. And then on offense, they were bottom five. Like this is a team that 
the only way to step is forward and up. So, you know, I think with, with what they did this off season, we're, we're all looking in that same direction. Um, but weirdly, weirdly on offense, they're bottom five because where, where they sp- spent a lot of money and capital and time and over the last couple of years building up at that offense, in particular that offensive line, which I'll talk about in a second. And now they're building that on defense, which is good to see under Robert Sala because uh, he's a defensive mastermind uh, on offense though. Like they have their offensive line last year finished uh, in the top. They finished 11th in, uh, in PFFs overall offensive line rankings. Um, and that's huge. But the problem is, and, and then uh, beyond that, they go out and add like in Tomlinson uh, from the 49ers. who's an underrated guard. Um, they they've got Mackay Becton coming back and Elijah Vera Tucker's going into his second year. He's going to get better. Um, but the disappointing stats around all of that for Zach Wilson last year, the fact that he had the fifth highest time to throw uh, in the league, and that's time to throw, uh, you know, protection was yeah. That's uh, that stat is uh, he he was over three seconds, but it's it's a stat that measures you know the snaps of the release of the ball, or if you're a runner when you cross the line of scrimmage, uh, he was the fifth highest time in that, and had uh, he had one of the. He had no, virtually no scrambles, uh, but had one of the lowest depths of target rates uh, in all of the league. Um, and, and he also had an a insanely low time thrower than any rookie quarterback. So he's not seeing the field. He's overwhelmed. All, those, uh, all of that tells me he's, he's not ready. So um, if he can get out there and, and kind of figure it out a, even a little bit, uh, he's he's got the tools. He's got the weapons around him. He's got the offensive line in front of him. This is a prove it year, really, yeah. in year two, which is is weird to say, but like he's got he himself he has was the tools, raw. and he now was, he's got the tools around him. He was he was very raw coming out, and they knew. I don't think it was a two year project. I think that I, I think they know it's going to take a little bit of time. He has to improve. I don't think it's quite a prove it year though. Um, all right, what is the over under win total here for the New York Jets? Over under is set at five and a half. That'd be two more wins this year. And I think that's right on the number, actually. I do too. I think, you know what? I think they do it. I think they win six or seven games. I mean, I, I really like the guys around. I love the, the <laughs> skill positions. The offensive line is like, as you point out, Scott, is solid. The defense is going to be better. And, you know, Robert Sala, I think is a good coach. So I'm going to take the over. Get a little saucy. Dude, their first half of the season, <laughs> their first eight games, they've got the Ravens, the Browns, the Bengals, the Dolphins, who we just talked about, the Packers and the Broncos, and the Patriots and the Bills. It's, it's a, a tough, tough it's schedule. A tough opening sketch, but you know they could steal a couple games here and there. I mean, they only yeah. got to get to six. Uh, yeah, the back is much easier. Uh, well, they've got the Vikings, Bills, then Lions, Jags, Seahawks, and Dolphins again. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's some wins in there. There's some wins in there. It's going to be tough, but I'm going to yeah. choose to be optimistic about them because I, I do think they'll be better this year, even if they don't mm. eclipse the five and a half. I like I it. I'll ride with you, Jeff. I'll take the over. I'm going to stick with the under. Um, I think five wins is an improvement for them, but man, it's just a tough schedule. And, and that's a tough. Schedule. We'll see what happens. Um, I love saw. I mean, you never know. One one pick six can change a game. Damn, you guys are making me want to bet. I, that I is the Browns over. with Jacoby Brissett, too, by the way, and not Deshaun Watson. That's mm-hmm. true. That's a good point. They still have Amari Cooper. 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and stick with the under and say five. All right. Well, that is the AFC East, and that wraps up the pod. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. We're tackling on the SEC because why, boys? It just means more. Thank you all for listening. Thank both of you. Love you both for coming on. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll see you all then. Take it easy, everybody.